Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the beautiful University of Georgia campus here on this Feel Good Friday, November 10th. This show starts now. Football is happening here tomorrow in a massive way as the Ole Miss football team travels here to Athens to take on the back-to-back national champions. I got this cutoff hoodie this morning from Kirby Smart and the strength and conditioning staff. They got two rings back-to-back and they say, these dogs weed off the floor around here. We're not scared to read the back of that tie. Says uh, sweep the shed. Sweep the shed. They're a blue-collar team. Love it. They're not scared of anything. And I think the reason why the Georgia Bulldogs have gone back-to-back is because Kirby Smart is an absolute dog. He will be joining us at 12.15. We cannot wait to chat with him and learn a little bit more about his squad in the school here. A little bit of a drizzle, but the weather is fantastic. We can't thank you all for coming out and joining us here on the quad. Hey, just, uh, I don't know if you guys know who these fine gentlemen are. Allow me to introduce the Toxic Table is here at Boston Connor rocking a bear shirt. You look amazing, pal. Uh, thank you very much, Pat. I, I thought there'd be a little more booze. I thought we'd maybe have some heat here. Uh, apparently, all these people are still asleep at the wheel. They really aren't that excited about this weekend, clearly. But, you know, yeah, I, I've, I'm wearing sunglasses. It's not sunny. It's raining. I got them this morning, though, so I had to do it. Yeah, you had our pilot give you uh, a deal to buy that at yep. the FBO, I do believe. So those are very fresh shades. I'm happy you're wearing them. Right next to you is not only a man who's been at the forefront of this entire Michigan sign-stealing scandal with his impressions as Pete Thamel, but one of the most talented humans to speak in front of a microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, at Ty Schmidt is here. Very nice of you to say that, Pat. Uh, like you mentioned, I'll tell you what, weather, not great, but, man, there's just something about being down south, isn't there? i tell you what, I, I don't know what it is, you know, but it's not, as, it's not as hot as you thought it would be, but, I mean, we're not wearing T-shirts in Indianapolis this no. time of year. No. Not a chance, not a chance. I can, I'm, I'm just so What excited. did you say about southern towns oh, yeah. on the way in here? said they're beautiful. You know, every new town we go to in the south is just like a, you know, a little picturesque painting yep. that you can't find anywhere than, than being down here. You know, Indianapolis isn't exactly a, a booming metropolis, but it's a big city, but you just don't get that same feel that you get when you come to places like Athens, Georgia. It's as simple as that. I agree. That didn't sound exactly what you were saying in the car earlier. I give or take, you know, give or take. I appreciate the way you're worded it here. One half of the hammer. Don. Cowboys Tone Diggs is here right on cue there with the hammer. Out of these beautiful people. Tony. Right on cue. Yeah, I got uh, two bulldogs at home. They were super jealous that I was coming down with a chance to meet the most famous bulldog of them all in Uga. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you're going to. <laughs> nope. nope. No way. Yeah, I don't think Uga's coming. What, what do you mean? I have not been told about that beautiful little bulldog making its graces over here. I have told you that right now. Hate to break you and your bulldog's hearts back at home, but it is nice to be a part of greatness. Yeah. Back to back national champions. Now, they haven't really played anybody this year. No. This weekend's the first big one, which is why game day's here. In all season, I've been asking, you know, the college football folks, I'm like, shouldn't we talk more about Georgia? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're a national champion. Shouldn't we talk more about Georgia? They're like, Georgia's time will come. And here we are. It's the end of the season. This whole miss one kicks off what's basically a month for Georgia to yep. prove that they're still the Georgia Bulldogs, not ranked number one in the college football playoff ranking. And allegedly, any stumble with how weak their schedule has been 
could be detrimental to the future of the Georgia Bulldogs. Wow. No. But I don't know if anybody's feeling that way about this weekend with Ole Miss. No, I, I don't think so. I mean, they're 10 point, 11 point favorites, depending on where, where you get them. Uh, and I don't, I don't think Ole Miss has the defense to stop that Georgia offense. Well, Carson Beck, don't look now. Carson Beck, quarterback of the Georgia Bulldogs, can get plus twelve hundred right now Ballin'. at Heisman. Last week, plus twenty five hundred, yeah. and he's about to get into some showcase games. He's been playing his best football. Not a bad little bet to sprinkle on the Heisman is Carson Beck, this brand new quarterback who has a sick calf tat. Oh yeah, left calf, left calf. Yeah, I like a nice little white trash tat on the calf. <laughs> Carson Beck's my guy. Excited to see what they do this entire weekend. And joining us, obviously is a man who missed his ride this morning at 4.15 because his ride didn't show up to get to Indianapolis to hop on our plane. He said, there's no way I'm missing this Georgia Bulldog Friday, though. Uh-uh. Called four different people, five different people. The General Bob Carpenter came through. Yep. General had a friend who had a plane that AJ literally just got off of 10 minutes ago yep. to make this happen. He's a college football national champion. What? A Super Bowl champion. What? A Ryder Cup winner. What? A father of 10. What? A COVID survivor. The current president of Ohio and Ohio State legend, the number one team in the college football (laughs) playoff (laughs) ranking. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. I get it. I get it. It's great to be here. Honestly, this is my first time coming here and driving through the mountains. Don't step on it. Let it I wasn't sure. This guy right here says I'm, I love soaking. Yeah, you do. <laughs> well, Seems been, to be a, a common theme amongst these shows. We've been learning a lot about the soaking on whether or not it's real or not, but the BYU folks are telling us that soaking's not real. The Utah people are telling us those BYU kids are soaking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we don't know the ins and outs of go ahead and rest in your... Uh, meet in something else and yep. maybe an earthquake or underneath. I don't know if you're doing that. Nope. If you are very successfully, no you've got 10 no. kids. No judgment from Did me. Did you ever play Georgia or anybody in the SEC? And whenever we go to these schools, does it feel anything different? It feels like Ohio State is an SEC team of the North. Yeah. And sure. that's not a, that's literally not a shot at anybody. No. It's just like down here, it's their religion. And in Ohio, it's the same damn thing. I think that's why these teams are so good because everybody in the town, everybody in the school, everybody with money is in Invested, and that's Georgia Bulldogs, just like it is Ohio State back home. Yeah, I think like it's a great place to be. I've only been here for, like you said, 10, 15 minutes, <laughs> driving kind of through the hills and everything, and I come across the stadium. I see all these people standing up there taking pictures at the top of the stadium. Like, it just, yeah, it definitely reminds me of Columbus, but it reminds me of just awesome college football towns. It's and great to be a part of it. Great to be here when you have a big weekend like this for a big game. Well, the thing about it is, what's that coming down the track? What's that coming down the track? It's the bee machine in red and black. It's machine in red and black. Ain't nothing finer in the land. Than a drunk obnoxious Georgia fan. Drunk obnoxious Georgia fan. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Just being able to bark all the time. The best. Way to go. That was awesome. That's a good Friday start. Oh, yeah. There's a little controversy uh, about whether or not is what's that coming down the track or who's that coming down the track. Oh. The Youngs, it feels like the Youngs are saying who, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're a bunch of humans. That's right. But 
We have an old Georgia Bulldog down here that says, a train is a what? That's the identification. <laughs> the pronoun of a train is a what? What's yeah. that coming down the track? You know. So I appreciate you all following along, depending upon what the first word is. Let's chit-chat about the game last night. Boy, what a snoozer. These yeah. two teams stink. <laughs> we all agree on that all yeah. the way through. I appreciate Kirk and Al and Kaylee giving us an incredible show last night. I like the fact that it came down to a 59-yard field goal by a field goal kicker that we all assume could never hit a 59 <laughs> yard field goal. That ended up coming up short. The Bears get a win. Depending upon which book you bet this on, it was either a push or a cover for the Carolina Panthers. Frank Reich had some quotes after the game. Eberflus had some quotes at halftime and after the game. That's the big storyline of this entire thing in my eyes. But other than that, the Bears deliver another L for the Carolina Panthers, which helped the Chicago Bears on draft night. And now the question is, what the hell are they going to do with Justin Fields? What are they going to do with the bag man? The agent, Bajan. And what does the future look like for both of these teams, Conman? It felt pretty clear that Chicago now is just they're punting on fields. Eberflus at halftime, you know, he was giddy. He's a, yeah, hey, we got some stuff up our sleeve. I believe we have that video. Coach Eberflus at halftime talking to Kaylee Hartung about what this second half could look like. He was teasing and selling this thing. Uh -huh. And we're excited about this second half. We got some things up our sleeve, so. All right. <laughs> All right. Did you hear what I just said? Look at that grin. Ah, got ah, a big two quarters. The biggest smile he's had on his face the entire season, that's because he knows this is the last game that they're supposed to win. Going forward, they're not playing Fields. They're not rolling him out. Their Fields could have played. The bag man, the agent Bajan, he will be the Bears starter the rest of the season. He will lose the next eight games, whatever the hell they have left. <laughs> and then they'll trade Fields, draft Caleb Williams, maybe, you know, someone that played quarterback at a respectful school, unlike Georgia. So that's what it feels like the Bears were doing, at least personally. I'm not sure how everyone else felt about it, but it is clearly punt on Fields. Who knows? Back-to-back -back national champions. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> maybe play somewhere good like USC. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or something like that. Respectful program, you uh, know? AJ, after watching that game last night, your big takeaway on it, it does feel mm. like the Justin Fields story is only beginning there in Chicago. Eberflus as well. Mm -hmm. You know, who knows what the oh, future yeah. looks like for both these teams. So my first question is, did did he pay off the tees at halftime? No, no, because nothing happened in the second half. And then actually after the game, Eberflus was asked, what was it up your sleeve? And this was his response. Did we see what was up your sleeve? Did you use it or? I don't know. What's up yours? Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Guys in his bag. He got me there. Yeah, yeah he got me there, says Chicago media, who's <laughs> yeah. been jousting with Eberflus. Don't know what either any of that means, but no, it remained up his sleeve. Didn't need it. Didn't need it because mm -hmm. Frank Reich sends a 59-yarder not short. Yeah, so I, I, wonder, I was thinking about you on the 59-yarder because as he was lining up, I was thinking to myself, does he even think he has a chance? Like, what are the odds of this going in? And what did he – what was his – what was the longest he made in, in uh, I, at I think you saw him immediately afterwards go – there's no way I was going to make it. Now, you're in the NFL. You should be able to make that. Eddie Pinheiro, though, has never been a guy that you think to yourself, this guy's got a cannon. Yeah. You know, nobody ever thinks that. So sending him out for a 60-yarder with a minute 40 left in the game was certainly a decision that Frank Reich is going to have to answer questions to and already has. But if Eddie Pinheiro puts that through, that goes to overtime. Carolina gets a win. Maybe it's a whole different discussion. Instead, the conversation is, both these teams stink. Probably going to be rebuilding. Shout out to Week 10 starting last night in Chicago. Good start. Good start. Let's wrap up some things that have been happening around the internet this week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers obviously went back to watch the New York Jets play. Yep. And before the game, there's a video that has surfaced on the internet where he appeared to spill a bong. Yeah. Uh, run the clip, please. Some kind of potion? I don't know. <laughs> 
if in a potion. Aaron Rodgers, nice little chat. Good dap up. Yeah. Massive hands, obviously, we know that. Then he's picking up a box here. Let me see here. Let me go ahead and get. Oh, 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 is that ball? He's smoking dope on the sideline. First ayahuasca. Now we got a bong spill. We don't know what that is. Uh, let's go directly to the source. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, four time NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I, I, I'll translate it. They, they said, What's up down here with the barking, I do believe, Aaron. There's a lot of freedom lovers down there, I think. Oh, yeah, you're... Not, not a lot of cards. <laughs> Might be your demo down here. I'm not 100% sure. We haven't dove into that particular conversation just yet. We're only 12 minutes in, though. We might. Aaron, let's go back uh, to the video we just saw. So you're dapping somebody up really clean, very clean. You skipped a little bit. Achilles looks good. Then you go to pick up a box, and uh, a bong falls out of there. What, do you have anything to say about that situation, <laughs> or what do we got going on? <laughs> That was not a bong, first of all. Okay. Whoa, put on the ticker. To know. What was it? That was not a bong, yeah. Let's 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 go through a couple of things. Number one, I was dapping up my buddy Hugh. Hugh plays George McFly in the new Broadway play Back to the Future. So shout out to Hugh, number one. Shout number out, two, there's a gentleman named John Sutcliffe. He's the ESPN Deportes sideline reporter. And he's tried to interview me in Spanish a few times with some funny results. There's Hugh right there. I dap him up. It's partly his fault because I was walking off the field with my Maestro Dobell mm. tequila that John Sutcliffe gives me every time he sees me on Monday Night Football. Oh, tequila. And I'm walking off, and I hear a British uh, guy yelling my name. So I turn over, and there's Hugh, my buddy, right? He's, he's British, but he hasn't, he's incredible in Back to the Future without the accent. Anyway, I see Hugh, give him a hug, dap him up, go to pick it back up, shit falls out. <laughs> And uh, lose half my tequila. So shout out to John for bringing me tequila. Shout out to Maestro Dobell. Shout out to Hugh. Shout out to Bongs everywhere, but that was not one of them. Okay. Ah. That's what I was about to say. Shout out to you, too, for people thinking you might just be carrying a bong on an NFL football field. Pretty cool. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty cool feeling that people just like, yeah, that's Aaron Rodgers. Definitely a bong. That's a cool thing. It's a little, a little weak on the conspiracies. Though. I mean, I feel like it should have been something more like, you know, dolphin semen or... Oh, it, it was laced with uh, dolphin semen, but we thought it was some giant, kind of potion, maybe. Yeah, some sort of Achilles potion. or, yeah, something. So was something it? Better than that. So was the tequila thing just a big cover-up? <laughs> <laughs> For what? All right, that's For not what? an answer then. Well, right. You tell it's us, buddy. You tell us. Right. I mean. It's good to see you made it in, man. I'm really proud I'm of you. I'm proud of you, AJ. I'm here. They love you here, Aaron. They were barking for you. They do. Anything to say to these fine people as we let you get back to your uh, recovery on the Achilles faster than any doctor could have ever predicted as you defy science and Fauci at the same time? <laughs> Just the importance of making decisions about your, your uh, medical health uh, <laughs> with informed consent, because informed consent is very important. Yeah. Knowing what, uh, what you do in your body. And um, let's encourage critical thinking on college campuses over safe spaces because we're in that danger. There you go. There it is. This is and freedom of speech is, uh, is an important part of our democracy. So keep, uh, keep talking to each other because the more we talk to each other, the more we'll find common ground, not, not uh, silencing people. There's never been in the history, in the history of the world, there's never been the side that's silencing and censoring people it's ever been on the right side of history. So keep talking to each other. Keep uh, <laughs> thinking about the world. Snap it up. Uh, Snap it up.
And uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Georgia fan. Um, now, I don't know if they could, if they could handle being out in the Pac-12 with powerhouses <laughs> like Cal and uh, Oregon, but, uh, but I am a fan of their coach, and uh, they're going to be tough to beat. All right. Well, we pre- and go dogs, obviously. And go dogs, obviously. We uh, we appreciate the hell out of you. Have a great Friday. Happy to hear hey, you're not I'll smoking dope. I'll be watching. JK will be watching. Trey will be watching. We'll all be watching here at the uh, at the Achilles Factory. So uh, have a great show, boys. All right, you're the man. We appreciate you all, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> not a bomb. That's journalism. Yeah, it is. I thought it was. Nobody talks about our journalism. No. We went right to the source. You smoking dope on Monday Night Football? He said, no, I'm, I am hammering tequila, though. I, I love everything about that, time. Yeah, absolutely. But are we sure? Oh are we sure? I mean, that looks, uh, that looks a lot like a water pipe. Okay, I've seen a couple in Ooh. my day. And he said, you know, that's, that's weak conspiracy. Well, we didn't say what he possibly was smoking out of it. I mean, a guy like Aaron, what, he put some DMT in there, you know, <laughs> going to the eighth dimension. Crack. I mean, what are we talking about here? So I'm not well, crack. I mean, just, I don't think Aaron well, is You crack. never know. How do we? Have He's you guys joined your Achilles? Man, this is why you get out. booed in every city we go to. You no, say I such get, a ridiculous thing. I get booed because I tell the truth that Georgia sucks. Okay. So what do you what do you want from me from giving an opinion? All right. Gee, I thought I thought we were having conversations on campuses that are critical thinking and yeah. shit, like Aaron just said. Unbelievable. Jeez Louise, Georgia. All right, let's talk about some other things that happened this week as we wait on Coach Kirby Smart's arrival, which I do believe will be in the next four minutes is what I'm okay. being told, which is certainly good for the program. Speaking of good for the program, you get on a plane to Las Vegas, you know the energies are going to be vi- uh, high on the way out there. That's right. Could you imagine having Fireman Ed on oh. your plane to Las Vegas, especially with the Jets traveling for a Sunday night football matchup against the Raiders? Well, if you couldn't imagine what it's like, we have what it is like. <laughs> Roll the clip. Come on. Uh, I, I can't hear you in the front. <laughs> no one's saying anything. How many Jets fans are on the plane? You're going to find out right now. AJ, how awesome would that be to be on a plane and have that guy stand up right in your face and do that? That would be fantastic. I mean, I wish they panned around a little bit. And Was he elbowing people falling asleep and stuff? What if you were dead asleep and you didn't even know what football was? Hey, Fireman Ed's here. Wakey, wakey. (laughs) There was three Jets fans on that plane. That was horrible. What? What are you talking about? I heard at least 10 They should have thrown, thrown Fireman Ed out the emergency exit. No, Whoa. Tony. Whoa. Tony. They're, they're no, that guy served the community. Which I yeah. appreciate. But quit doing shit like this on planes, okay? Don't clap when you land. Don't cheer. Stand don't up. do anything like that. Don't Stay cut in front of don't people. Don't cut in yeah. front of people. Don't do it. Fireman Ed's a part of the problem. And there were more fans on there. It's just they were, they were in the front, and Fireman Ed was in 42C. It would have been louder. It was just all most Jets fans. As we know, khakis like Rangers fans, they sit in the front of the planes. Well, Fireman Ed's a man of the people. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Well, and they, they did cut that clip a little early because if you keep playing it, you can hear, you know, about five seconds later, hey, sit down and shut up, asshole. So, I mean, you know, they I, I don't know why he – I mean, well, I do know why he cut that off because obviously he doesn't want people seeing that. But you know that was coming almost immediately afterwards. Let's talk about some more stuff. That's disgusting. Nobody called Fireman Ed an asshole. He saved lives. He used to run towards the flames, not away from them. Yeah, I agree. Have a little bit of respect for that, please. Oh, I do. I do. But his antics on a plane 
I don't have much respect for that. Okay. Well, I can respect it. Let's talk about respect. Jamar Chase back for the Cincinnati Bengals. T. Higgins has been ruled out. AJ, what does this mean for the Bengals, and how do you think that Joe Burrow and the boys are going to be doing? I think we all have seen what Joe Burrow and the boys have been doing lately, right? I mean, they're, they're rolling. They're not going to stop anytime soon. As long as Jamar's in the lineup, I mean, that's huge for them. All, the other guys... It is crazy. How many number one receivers do you think they have in that squad? Yeah, well, if you Three. talk about Tyler uh, Boyd, uh, uh, Boyd yeah. and then also uh, Ir- Ir- Irv Smith Jr. That's what I'm telling you. There's talent everywhere you look on that roster. Oh, so. Trenton Irwin. Trenton yeah. Irwin. Yeah. Trenton Irwin. Trenton Irwin. Show, friend know, of the program. Friend of the program. Is he still right. on that team? He I is. Know. He's still, yeah, he's catching he punts and he's getting, he's getting some reps in the slot. <laughs> yeah, he's an absolute beast. But, you know, you play defense, see ball, get ball. Mm-hmm. Rockhead. That's yes, what they say. Exactly. I punted. No playbook at all. There is now a mic'd up clip of Joe Burrow calling plays in a huddle. I have no idea how anybody plays offense in the NFL. You have to be a brain surgeon. Listen to this guy break down these plays. And this is every single play of every single game for the Bengals. This is bananas to think about. Zilch left, 35, which Tom Macho toe? I'm wondering. Dice right, F fly, Whiskey Brady. Dice right numbers, three jets, Spielberg. I'm wondering. That's a good one. Trey right closer, karate, can, 12 mm. duo, alert booty. On one, right? Oh, the booty. Yeah. Left tight, F fly, pass 37, punch, waggle, help, baby dizzy, X fan. On the that sounded fun. That, that one sounded fun. <laughs> Football, man. Football. <laughs> Shout out to Inside the NFL on CW, which we all very much know oh, yeah. where it is and how it is. That's right. But that type of offensive stuff, having to recite that, live through that, every single play is absurd. We need to give more credit for how big the brains are on a football field every single Sunday, Tone. Yeah, we do. It's, it's absurd. Like, I don't know how you remember that at all. Like, especially when they go can and it's two plays in the, in the huddle. And it's 37 words. Like, none of I don't think. What's booty? Is that the tush push potentially coming Might in? Might be. Sure. Alert be. booty, F fly. Back mm-hmm. shoulder, perhaps. Silent tap. Towards the booty. tap on a booty. We're going turbo, turbo. Love yep. football. How you doing? Keep it moving. Remember, this comes after a couple of days where Joe Burrow said, I went to school at Ohio State. I played football at LSU. Mm-hmm. So I think he does take a lot of pride in the fact that he played down the SEC and obviously had one of the greatest years in the history mm-hmm. of Southeastern Conference football at the LSU Tigers football facility. There's a man yep. who just got here Ooh. who not only did he play football in the SEC, yep. okay, this guy was a safety flying around. Oh, yeah. Hard but now hard. he runs a program that people are saying is the new king of the mountain. It was always Bama, 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 Bama. And then this guy got the reins down here in beautiful Athens, Georgia. And now he's the reigning, defending, undisputed national champion, back-to-back years, the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs, Kirby Smart. Coach. Yes, sir. It's great to be in your town. I want to let you know that. Thank you for having us here. The hospitality has been fantastic. And these fans have been barking all morning. They said you know how to call the dogs now. Well, I, I heard you called them. So is it what or who at the beginning of that thing? Do you know? I don't know. What's that coming down the track? That's it. Is it who's that coming down the track? Who is it? They asked these guys. They did. It's torn. Yep. Young say who, old say what. I think it is a little bit of a torn. I don't know. I can't. Remember. I can't believe you remember that and you know the words to that. Thank you. That's pretty, pretty impressive. 
Everybody says almost I'm, as impressive as you catching that kick in the national championship game back there, dude. I was like, who's that guy? Sign him. Oh, everybody's a kicker. Yeah. <laughs> See this, though, <laughs> Coach. Let's talk about this. Back-to-back national champions. Yeah. Congratulations. Not easy. I mean, that is bananas. Winning's hard, bro. It is, especially with 18 to 23-year-olds. And now we know Stetson was a little bit older last year. But like any week, anything could happen in college football. I think that's what we're learning. Yeah. Now we're getting into the part of your schedule where I think all eyes are going to be on there. They say it's easy getting to this point. How do you feel about the judgment of the teams that you played? And what do you expect to learn from this new team, Carson Beck more specifically, in a game like what you have tomorrow? We're going to find out a lot because we're playing a really good opponent. And um, I don't think Carson has much to prove anymore. I mean, Carson's a really good football player. His play has spoke for itself. He's uh, calm, cool, composed. He's been that way since he got here. So I'm not saying it's easy for him, but he understands what our offensive coordinator, what our offensive staff is trying to do with him. He handles that really well. And this team's been really resilient. So they have a lot of pressure on them, a lot of of everybody talking about the three-peat and all this stuff. All they've done is focus on one game at a time. And that's the only thing that's put us in this situation we're in. Three-peat would be the first time since Minnesota in like 1929 or something. Yeah. Yeah, we're not talking about that. We're trying to worry about Ole Miss. No, no, no. That's what people put on them. Well, you guys got to hype it up. You got to talk about it. Back to back national champion. (laughs) Build it up. Yeah, (laughs) Can't lose a game. That's it. Lane's loving it. Lane's loving that. Yeah. He's using that. I could imagine. Uh, Let's talk about the college football playoff rankings. These come out, they matter, but every coach we've talked to says, does it matter now or does it matter at the end? You not being number one in all these polls, even though you are the reigning champs. Do you use that as motivation for the team? Because we've heard a couple of your speeches. That feels like something that you could definitely draw from for the boys, and how have they responded? I haven't had to use it because we've had other motivation. I mean, we've had plenty of people doubting us each game we go into. You know, we've had a star player that's um, been out for a while in Brock. So it's like everybody's doubted us and given us motivation through that. The playoff rankings literally have not come across my desk. I don't care. I really don't think our team cares. They just want to get in the four. That's the goal, right? So it's not been about where you put us or what you say about us. we got to go out and do it on the field. And in the SEC, you got to do that every week, man. It's now fun. easy this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> According to everybody else. Like I said, there's an open invitation. Call Greg Sankey. Come down here and get you some of this SEC if you want it. <laughs> AJ has a question for you, Coach. Coach, what's it like coaching like with all this success? I've heard coaches say, like, hey, how we handle success will tell us a lot more because I know how you handle adversity. And that's that's one of those things like now after reaching where you've reached like every single day how do you continue to preach that how do you continue to recruit guys that that want to be a part of that it's the hardest thing that I've had to do as a head coach. I thought getting to be a head coach, getting in front of the team, making game-made decisions was tough. That's become much easier. It's dealing with any success you have. And I, I got to sit under you know, the GOAT, the greatest ever to do it, and watch him deal with winning back-to-back and how you deal with that. That, that part of your – because it seeps in. I tell our guys all the time, the freshmen, you inherited this. You inherited this. You didn't do anything to earn this. You inherited it, and they don't understand that. They think, well, I'm entitled to this. I'm supposed to get this. I'm a winner automatically because I chose Georgia. No, you inherited what you got, a culture that a lot of the guys that created it are 
Well, half of them are Philadelphia, but other, <laughs> other than them, there, there's a bunch of them in the league. And, and, and at the end of the day, it's hard to sustain that. You do it with a bunch of guys that believe in the process that we have and the physicality we practice with and how hard we work. They, they really believe that's our, uh, that's our edge. You talk about Coach Saban being the GOAT and obviously working for him. We get a chance to chat with him every week. And this past week, you know, because they have Kentucky this week, and then they have Chattanooga, then they have Auburn. And he said he had to straighten out Miss Terry because she was already looking at Auburn. Let me tell you something. He ain't never straightened out Miss Terry. (laughs) (laughs) He can say what he wants. We know who the boss is over there now. Yeah, a lot of people told me Miss Terry was testing him, by the way, saying like, hey, we got Auburn at the end just to see if he was focused on Kentucky or not. But we asked him, I asked him, like, when you're Bama, Every team's going to give you your absolute best. Now you guys are the top of the mountain. So every week is a Super Bowl for every single team. Have you relayed that message to your players? And what is it like to get everybody's best shot, sell out every stadium you go to? You are the kings of the sport now. And it's kind of a different world, I would assume, for you and your team. Yeah, it's been a new place for us. It's not a place that we've been comfortable with. I mean, we just won our first one in forever two years ago, and uh, last year was kind of different. You know, it was like, oh, man, everybody's coming after us. No, 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 we're not doing that. We're hunting them. And we've kept that mentality of we're on the attack. I do think that our kids believe that we're going to win every game. And that, that, that belief system, sometimes I don't know that we had that four or five years ago that like, oh, no matter what, we're going to win this game in the fourth quarter. We had some struggles late in some games in the fourth quarter. Now our guys believe in the fourth quarter they're going to win every game. So there's a give and take with everybody aiming at you. You know what I mean? Like I feel good about it. Is uh, the reason because you've kept a grit and You know, we're eating off the floor. Always eating off the floor. <laughs> what, we're sweeping the sheds? He knows it. <laughs> Hell yeah. He's got it. So you try to keep a blue-collar mentality it sounds like what was it bloody Tuesday yes, we're still doing the same things we did before the national champions or has it gotten heightened a little bit no it's exactly the same I mean we want to keep that same work we actually go back and pick clips from the Tuesdays of those years and say hey look at the standard they created watch this Tuesday practice watch how they hit each other watch what they did and then two years later we're showing those clips that day of that practice the kids get jacked up they're like oh man look at Jordan and Nolan and uh, all these guys getting after it they love that big dudes by the way huge Jordan Jeez, massive. Yeah. They've come into the men's league and just same. They're still eating off the floor, man. <laughs> Sweeping the shit. Yeah. Tone's got a question for you. Yeah, me. you reference guys like that. How different has this year been? You're breaking a new starting quarterback. Uh, Lad McConkey was out for, uh, for a decent amount of the year. Brock gets hurt. And then on defense, I think there's been like seven-ish first-round picks the last two years. And, uh, and I looked, and I, I don't know if there's any projected this year, maybe one. Has it been a different coaching experience this year with, uh, you know, the guys that have left the last year, two years, the talent that's left the last two years? Yeah, it's been real different. This team has been the most different. I felt like last year's and uh, the year before's had some similarities. This one's been like off the radar, completely different. We've had more injuries than we've ever had. We've lost two O linemen that were starters, lost several defensive players that have been starters. So it's been a weird dynamic. It's almost been a real resilient next man up kind of attitude, and the schedule's been different. Um, so for, for our guys, I think different's been good. Um, and they found a way in every game, and every game's kind of been its own little uh, history. Do you get confused why we don't talk about you? Huh? Like a game day. I get so confused. Why we don't talk about, what, Georgia? Yeah. yeah you I, guys are the back-to-back national – I've asked this question numerous times. I'm like – so in the B's, maybe the C's, we just drop in there like still back-to-back national champions, still undefeated, still doing their thing. And they always say like, just wait, just wait till the end of the year. Then it becomes like Georgia season. Do you ever think about how maybe you don't get enough credit? Not once. I mean, we, oh, we, I'm not happy about it for you. <laughs> 
I'm glad you feel that way. But I, I, I certainly want that recognition for our players, but I don't want our players to seek that recognition. I want them to seek contact. I want them to seek uh, toughness. I want them to seek other things like being really present and being good in the now. All that stuff takes care of itself. And our guys have kind of believed that, hey, if we take care of what we're supposed to take care of, then we're going to get a chance to. We're, we're a very complimentary football team. We have good balance. And we have really good special teams. We have offense and defense that complement each other. So they, they offset each other. And, you know, if people don't talk about you, sometimes that's a good thing. Well, yeah. I don't love it, though, because it's just easy for me to say, these dudes won yeah. two national. It's not easy to get to the top of the mountain mm-hmm. ever. Connor has a question for you. Yeah, Coach. First, I've been saying a lot of terrible things about Georgia, so I apologize to you. It <laughs> has nothing to do with the football team. It's strictly Be careful out tonight. Believe me, when Pat said Bloody Tuesdays, I, I figured Bloody Friday might be around the corner <laughs> either way. But one of the things that we always hear that maybe you don't want to hear about is your pregame speeches. You know, yeah. Earlier in the season, yes. you gave one at halftime, and you actually just predicted the second half to a T, and you guys went out and won, and then the national championship won, and some others have been kind of leaked. Is that something that pisses you off? Because that's kind of family business, if you will, with you and the team, but a lot of people are getting a chance to hear it. Yeah, uh, it pisses my mom off. I think she gets a little upset. She's a Southern Baptist woman, and she doesn't believe in some of that language I have. But uh, it, it, it makes, me, it makes me, me wonder who's, who's listening and who's doing it because you, you want to be able to control the message in terms of what gets out and what doesn't. Uh, but there's some things that you've come to believe in college football you just have no control over. So it is what it is. In the, in the moment, I'm certainly not thinking about uh, what I'm saying in terms of leaking. Yeah. And I'm looking at it as, you know what, what can I do to inspire my players? Um, I was a passionate player and I want the players to have passion and energy about what they do hey that one we heard yeah it hits we learned a lot about you in about <laughs> that minute and a half yeah. all good from yeah, this. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know how mom felt about it but I want to let you know this particular show we're like Kirby Smart is a dog. No! We loved everything about it. Is that every game? You feel like no, you, you can't do it every game. I, I don't know that you can get to that point. You know, there's moments um, that you feel like you need that. You got to press the right buttons. A lot of times, our leaders do it, and when the leaders take over, they listen twice as much as they do listen to me. So when those guys take the floor and the players talk, you know how it is. Y'all, y'all are football players. You've been around it. When the players talk, they listen. And, uh, yeah, but what we heard from you is basically like this is what you want your program to be known about. Like, hey, we're gonna. This is who we are. And uh, the Bloody Tuesday and this whole thing and then your speeches, it's like you've built it the right way and it's continued to go. Massive respect from all of us. Ty has a question for you. Coach, when you look at your, you know, the current state of your program and kind of the rise in the transfer portal, when it comes to recruiting, have you had to change your philosophy at all? Because I assume, you know, like now you, you have the pick of the litter for anyone who's oh, coming in. Oh, good dogs. Got yeah, it. well, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's like your, you know, your depth chart. I'm sure you got five stars, you know, three, four deep. But do you have to worry at all about, like, coaching guys different ways with, you know, kids so quick to, hey, I'm not playing or, you know, I, I don't like my situation right now and worrying about them transfer transferring out? Or has that not really impacted how you've went about recruiting and coaching? No, it's, it's, it's hard. It's much harder now in this environment because, we, first of all, I don't think anybody has – everybody thinks you have these lined-up five stars. They assume that. Yeah, it, you do. It, you don't. You don't. You actually don't. But you, what you do is get blue-collar guys that want to be there because you really want to – like the, the kids we invest in, their freshman, sophomore year, I want them to be there the junior and senior year. So we're, we look at a kid when we go to sign him, what's his portal risk? Is he a high portal risk? Mm. Because I, don't, I would rather invest all my practice reps in a guy that's going to be there and stick it out. Now, nobody can get that 
exactly right. Nobody's going to be 100%, but I would rather invest in people. A lad, is a great example. He didn't play a snap his freshman year, but he was on the scout team, and he was killing people, and I said, this dude's going to be a player. Guess what? Lad McConkie was going to be so loyal to Georgia because he wanted to be at Georgia. It paid off in the long run to keep Lad McConkie in the organization as opposed to maybe a guy that had a better high school tape, but he might have been gone after one year. So we're trying to get retention and be a little bit different, but we're not perfect. We have kids leave, and you know what? I'm not going to coach them any different. So the way I coach, I know that some kids are going to choose to leave. That's fine. If you choose to leave, there's a thousand people wanting to come too. So we're going to try to find the right fits for our program. Transfer portal risk, is that like a, a staff you have on your team? That's like, like a grade yet? Yeah, yeah. Part of your recruiting that grade? It's portability risk. It would be the coach recruiting him to say, yeah. is everything going to be based on playing time? Because if it's truly based just on playing time, you might not be happy right away. So how are you going to deal with that? That guy's got a higher portability risk than a guy that's saying, hey, coach, look, I'm committed to the process. I know it might take me a year. It might take me two years to get on the field, but I'm committed to doing that. I don't have to have instant success. I want the kid that's willing to say that over the one that just asked me, am I going to play next year the whole time? You brought up Lad McConkey. Pretty perfect timing for him to come back with the Brock Bowers injury. Mm-hmm feels like. Now, I don't know if the football gods are blessing the dogs or not, but I've also heard maybe Brock had a schedule on everything. Maybe. <laughs> be, be, be real interesting. He's we haven't really there. seen your team full, right? I mean, we haven't really seen them at full go at this stage of the yeah, season. Yeah, because Lad's never really been full go. That's the hardest part. You know, Lad hasn't been out there completely healthy until, like you mentioned, uh, Brock's been gone. And, and I still don't know that Brock's completely healthy. You know, Brock's in a much better place to be able to go out and compete and be closer to going, and we'll find out uh, game time. But I'd like to have a full offensive line of our best offensive line and a full <laughs> – I'd like to have all of them. We just have dealt with more injuries, and I'm not – knocking that because a lot of teams that we've played over the years have had to deal with that same thing. Have you, have to bring this up, you're in the SEC so it doesn't affect you right now, but it certainly might later on. These sons of bitches are stealing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Hey, corner stallions go. out there. No, everybody has a take on this though. Yeah. Everybody literally has a take on this. We asked Coach Saban about it and he said, alright, listen, we need to get the the yeah. conversation just so this isn't even a convo and I think the NCAA has ruled yep. that in bowl games and in playoffs that'll be the case that why way. is it taking so long for that to happen do you agree that's the right time and are you paying attention to everything that's taking place in this because maybe there might be a trickle down effect to everybody in college football through it all it's a lot of questions in one I don't know which one to answer first <laughs> answer I mean, all of them why <laughs> has it happened uh, why has it not happened to this point? I've been on the rules committee, and it's easier said than done because you don't have the capability. Everybody, everybody's like, oh, yeah, you can. You can afford it. It's easy to do. In the SEC, yeah, that's real easy to do. But it's not easy to do in every conference, and you want to have competitive balance. So there's some conferences that might not have the capabilities to do the, in, in the, the pieces in the ear and do the things the NFL does. I would be for that because it would take a lot of headache off defensive coaches, offensive coaches, trying to do all this crazy stuff we do with signs and all these signals. It would make it much easier. But there would still be offenses that choose not to use the earpiece because they, want, they can't get word to their receivers. You only get one earpiece. So the receivers are over there, don't know what to do, and they're gonna still do the signs and signal to them and go really fast. So everybody should have a right to do what they wanna do. You shouldn't be mandated to do anything, but I do think the teams that are more traditional, like NFL offenses and NFL defenses, if that, if that makes the process cleaner and we don't have to deal with all this, I'd be all for that. 
it feels like that's kind of the feeling that every coach has. Like, we're kind of done yeah. hearing yeah. about this deal. Well, let's move along. That's pretty much the same thing. I feel the same way. Like, I've never been a big try to get their signals because you're, you're across the field from them or, hey, they're getting our signals because people say all the time, well, they got our signal. That's, that's like a cop-out for a coach to me. They might have your signal. They still got a block to do. They still got to do all this stuff with the dude. And, I, and, and every time I ever say, well, they're going to run this or they're going to run that, I'm like, dude, I'm worried about calling the game when I was a defense coordinator. I don't need somebody in my ear trying to tell me what they're doing before the play because it messes you up about half the time. Yeah, well, there's I mean, there's something coming out today, allegedly. Yep. It's going to be loud. It has been loud, especially with how good Michigan has been. Right. Do you pay attention to the landscape of college football whenever you're going through the season? You said, hey, reach out to Greg Sankey. Come on down to SEC if yeah. you think it's so easy down here. A lot of good Pac-12 teams this good year. Pac-12. Really good quarterback play. When yeah. you look okay, so there. you have been paying attention. Yeah, yeah. I, Dan and I are good friends landing in Oregon, so I've probably seen more of the Pac this year than I have in the past. Most of the time, I focus on the SEC box because you got to handle that before anything else. This year, they've had a lot more premier games. The quarterbacks, a lot of respect for Bo Nix from the – SEC, who's played really well and done some great things, and they got really good quarterback play out there. They do. Coach, Lane Kiffin tomorrow. Ooh, my man Lane. <laughs> hey, he's doing hot yoga 6 a.m. I don't know if you heard about this. I just learned about this last week on College Game Day because his skin was radiating. His hair looked good. He's living a whole new, different lifestyle. What are you seeing from this whole Miss team that's either classic Lane, new Lane? What are you expecting to see tomorrow? Well, Nothing held back, I can promise you that. Lane, is his team is never nervous or anxious. He has such an approach to the game. They take on his personality. You know, he has his personality of laissez-faire, man, let's go. Here we go. Nobody's nervous. They're going to be playing wiffle ball. Before practice, they get out and get after it. His dog's running around. I mean, he, he talks about all the time staying loose. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite of that. So when you look at, when you look at this <laughs> thing, the two, the two opposites, although we both have a lot of core beliefs of football the same, he, he is a very laid-back, uh, loosey-goosey, and throw-caution-to-the-wind uh, kind of coach. And I have a lot of respect for Lane. He's done an incredible job at Ole Miss, and we were really good friends when we were there at Alabama together. Hey, you seem laid-back right now. Yeah. This has been cool. Yeah. Well, this has been, uh, this has been 24 hours out. I can still be a little relaxed. What does the next 24 hours look like? We have a Rank up, man. we got to walk through. We're getting ready to go do it with our players. Um, we do about 60, 70 plays, walk through some situations, go to a movie tonight, catch a movie. and then What are we watching? Ooh, I can't say that. That jinxed me because last time, no. I, last time oh. I played a night game, I didn't say what we were watching. I ain't throwing it out there. It's a good one, though. Gladiator? No. 300? You going to go a there. theater? Dumb and Dumber? No. Braveheart? Remember no. the Titans? Is it, new, is it a new release? I can't say because it'll mess it all up. <laughs> Somebody will come try to take a picture of Brock Bauer's foot if I say that. All right, all right. You got it. Uh, Coach, we can't thank you enough. And before we let you go, who's that coming down the track? Who's that coming down the track? It's the mean machine of the red and black. It's the mean machine of the red and black. There ain't none finer in land. He knows it. And a drunk obnoxious Georgia fan. And a drunk obnoxious Georgia fan. Go dogs. 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 Hey, you better get Nolan to do that tomorrow. You need to get Nolan right, to do that. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, the national champion back to back head coach of Georgia.
could be saying Kirby's smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. good. Both of work he also is. is. Kind of both plays there. And cool and calm. I enjoy that guy. Yeah, he's a awesome. weapon. Yeah. I enjoy the fact he dropped some French in there, too. Lane Kiffin's all laissez-faire. <laughs> kind of let it be. I'm the opposite. We need to be tightened up. Yeah. Let's go ahead and make sure we're playing a big-time football game. I'm happy. I don't know who it was. Asked about the speech. Yeah. I'm very happy that we got a chance because his speech that we heard. Oh, yeah. Where he was like, basically, like, we need to go kill these humans. That's a lost art, for real. Like, how, how many coaches can get that fired up? And I, I respect the fact that you said, what was that? We're doing that every game? He's like, no, absolutely not. You can't get up like that every single game. Yeah, that's like Al Michaels, whenever he talks about these games, he's like, if I get up in the first quarter for a nothing play, what am I going to do in the fourth whenever a guy's short from 59 yards? I mean, there's just a, a kind of a balance of it all. I wonder what movie that is tonight. I think yeah. we might have guessed it. Really? I think we might have guessed it. Yeah, which, he, which one? Could have been any of them. Dumb and Dumber, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Gladiator, 300. Right. Remember Every the Titans? Titans. Yeah. It's a good one. Varsity Blues. You know, there's some rumors going around that, you know, they, there's a Titans and Herman Boone situation go, going all around where if they got one loss, they're out. Yeah, I don't know how to say this uh, to these Georgia fans who are fantastic. I mean, Just let them there's know. a nice sign right there. Go get it. There is... Numerous situations that have been presented about the college football playoff at this particular case because we're in the final year with only four teams making it, which makes no sense. There was a power five conference, <laughs> and then somehow the decision was made for just four teams to make the college football playoff. So there's obviously always going to be an argument. Now football judgment is calling into play, strength of record, strength of schedules coming into play, but then you have to judge an entire conference versus another conference, and that's why Kirby and I think Nick and all the SEC mm-hmm. coaches are like, hey, we're all talking crazy about how this is a great year for the Pac-12. It is. We respect and appreciate that. We're talking about the Big Ten. Okay, cool. Big 12, sweet. We're still the SEC, though. Let's go ahead and remember that. And I think the reason why they're getting ahead of that is because at the end of the year, the situation that was presented to me. Okay. You didn't come up with it. I didn't come up with it. Presented to you. Alabama, who's very hot right now. Yep. Very hot. Very hot. Roll Tide. Very hot right now. Sure. They go to the SEC championship. Okay. They beat Georgia. Probably. If Florida State remains undefeated, and the Pac-12 champion remains undefeated, and the Big Ten champion remains undefeated, then they're saying Georgia could be out of the college football playoffs. Whoa! I was my. I stood up from the table. Who was I want to let you Who know. Who was they? For the good of all you guys, I was sitting at the table when that was said. I was sitting down just like this. It's a fun combo. Everybody smarter than me is having. This sounds good. And then they say, could you imagine Georgia losing in the SEC championship and not being able to make it to the college football playoff? We're staring down that potential if Alabama runs and these other teams remain undefeated. And I said, the back-to-back national champions can't have one loss to a hot Alabama game and they're going to get out of there? And they said, that's a reality of the situation. And I didn't get a chance to ask Kirby about that, but that is what college football is. You can't slip. So all these games that weren't good for Georgia to play earlier in the season, could you imagine they accidentally slip up there they'd be talking ruling them out completely the pressure of a four-team playoff on all these teams is absurd and ridiculous but when it comes to the end of the day it's going to be fascinating to see how they judge the conferences judge the teams and see who makes it in there well i think it's it's terrible and it's not right and they need to expand it like we're going to 12 teams next year also though 
that's what makes it awesome at the same time, the fact that there is only four, and we know there's going to be some pissed-off teams out there. Like maybe Ohio State. Bingo. Yeah. But like Ryan Day said when he came on this show, he said, Ohio State, you can't lose a game. Like That's just the expectation. That's the standard. So I think, yeah, it's tough. There's going to be more we're going to see that next year, but this is the last year we're going to see where, hey, there's going to be some pissed-off teams, but that's what makes it so interesting. That's what makes every single play matter so much. Alabama's hot right now. Yeah, bingo. Yeah. That's why, like, with, for Georgia, for sure, back-to-back champs, you can't put them in there or you want to put them in there, but you can't. But for Bama, I mean, you beat the back-to-back national champs and, you know, go in and get an SEC championship, their first loss in three years. Of course, you got to kick Georgia to the road like a bag of trash. Who cares about the Bulldogs? Kick your trash on the side of the road? I kick my trash all over the place in my apartment. What's this guy's deal? I'm just being honest. Some people can't handle the truth. Oh, look at that. A bunch of wusses out there booing with their thumbs down. Yeah, there's Cry a lot of Boss Connor signs out here. There's an F1. This one, this guy over here says he has a better shirt than Connor. Uh, Does he? He might. Three dogs. Yeah, that's the dog. Pretty good. Yeah. Corgis. That a, that's a normal size corgi there, not the one that I have. <laughs> Is that the Dogecoin there? That seems like that was Yeah, that might be Doge. Your, your dog's in there, I thought. Isn't that in the background, top right? Isn't that Chuck? No, uh, Chuck's way too fat to be on that particular shirt. Oh. Didn't have to be an XL. I do appreciate these fans out here. I also appreciate the fact that the entire college football world has kind of been reacting to this Michigan situation. Your every coach be like, wow, what are we even doing here? Why are we doing it? Well, it's going to be a big deal. Allegedly, there's going to be a ruling from the Big Ten this afternoon. We will have Pulitzer Pete Thamel yes. on the program yeah. immediately upon that happening. And I'll tell you what. This could be Super Bowl day for Pete Thamel. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pete Thamel's been taking it on the shins very hard from the people of Michigan. Desmond Howard was out here earlier basically saying, Feinbaum and Pete need to scram. These yeah. nerds have no idea. Now, Desmond's representing his alma mater and his school publicly as well, so he's been taking it on the shins from a lot of people. I think we're all happy that there's going to be a resolution soon, and we can maybe turn the page, Todd. Yeah, for sure, but I think, I mean, it's the same thing you were talking about earlier. Like, there is no situation where this comes out where someone isn't pissed off, whether it's all the people who, whatever punishment comes down, is like, that's not enough. They were cheating. We know they were cheating, and, and nothing's going to come from it. Or, you know, let's say Harbaugh gets suspended for a couple games and then he end up can't coach, you know, he can't coach in the next several games. Like, then that kind of goes back to what you were talking about. Like, that kind of punishes this year's team. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's not really a, a university deal. It's more of like, hey, let's punish the current team and all these players, even though a lot of those guys had probably no say in what was going on, had no idea what was going on, and it's one of the best teams they've ever had, and it could end up really you know, biting them in the ass. We saw Heather Dinich says that everybody's kind of expecting maybe a three-game mm-hmm. suspension, uh, or who knows what's going to take place in this entire thing. Allegedly, this afternoon, while we're live, so we might be the first to maybe break it down. Look at that. That's journalism. Yeah, journalism. That is. That's journalism. Mm-hmm. Been saying it for weeks. Not a bong no. from Aaron Rodgers. Journalism. Kirby Smart talking about Bloody Tuesdays? Journalism. Journalism. Having a fake Pete Thamel break down everything happening? Journalism. JSBA stands for? Journalism. Journalism. Sports Sports Network. Network. It's an honor to be here. We're very thankful for it. Let's talk about some more journalism. Deion Sanders is the first coach to go on record (laughs) to say that when my team fights, I'm keeping track. Who are the dogs? Who's winning? Who's swinging? Who's running? I appreciate that he said, we've had a great week of practice. We had a couple of fights, which I like. It's a great thing. I always want to know who won because I keep records. I don't break them up. Some coaches break them up. I don't. Some guys fight hoping for the breakup. Nope. We're going to let you go. 
There ain't no hiding out here in Colorado. I think he needs a team that needs to fight a little bit more, especially if you saw that Stanford disaster yep. that happened in the fourth quarter. AJ, do you appreciate him kind of being open about this, acknowledging this? And I think this is every coach's thought, but just never said it with the outside voice. Yeah, I think some people will be taken aback by these comments, but I give him credit because, yeah, he's saying what a lot of coaches are thinking and probably practice at the same time. I think, I bet Dion breaks up fights a little bit every once in a He knows. Like, he came with those eight toes. Everyone, yeah. Well, everyone knows when a fight's kind of come to its end. Usually one guy's either killing him or the other guy's, so, oh, oh, see, we're, that, this one's Whoa. not done yet. So Dion wouldn't this break this up. Not done. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm saying, though. But you don't have to keep track. You, you kind of know who wins fights. Also, yeah. I'm keeping track of who's not, who is not backing down, who's jumping into a fight. Like when I coach little kids in football and a kid gets run over in a drill, I, I pick him up pump him up, pat him on the back. It's like, this kid has enough courage to get run over. Like, that's why you love it and want to set it a good example. And I think you want those tough guys that aren't scared to fight. Yeah, you keep eyes on who's running from the fight, who's jumping back in, who's losing fights and still running in. Yeah, who's trying that. to fight just to think, hey, I'm going to look tough because I'm trying to fight, but he's, like, picking on small kids. Like, coaches see right through that. Too. Yeah, and he's looking for a blue-collar tough team. Yeah, because he I, doesn't have one now. Bingo. Well, that's the whole... That's the whole thing. And this has been an incredible turnover from what they were last year to what they are now. Yeah. I'm excited to see what they are two years from now, if he lasts at Colorado for three, four years yeah. after Shador leaves. Speaking of Shador, these parking tickets in yeah. college. <laughs> Come on. I don't know what it's like in Athens, but Rolls Royces are getting booted. Can't Rolls Royces are getting booted in Colorado. I don't want to talk about all the money that has been brought to the University of Colorado because sure. the Sanders family has come over there and maybe you just give them a little bit of leeway. Yeah. But I also appreciate the fact that the police over there in Boulder said, this kid ain't supposed to have a Rolls Royce. No. Mm. Maybe pay your parking tickets. That's a university epidemic, I think, everywhere. Oh, yeah. I'm happy to hear it happens with Rolls Royces as well, Ty. Well, you hit the nail on the head. They take one peek at that thing and say, I don't know who's driving this, but they can afford these parking tickets. So, you know, may maybe this guy only needs one. Slap eight on his on his windshield. Okay, let's let's kind of we, – we need a new library out here, so let's, let's kind of expedite this. How's parking here on campus? Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I, I couldn't get my diploma because I had to pay parking tickets. Boom. Me neither. How yeah. many? Do you get, how much do you have to owe before they get the boot? So I had a scooter. Yeah. It was sweet. I had a sweet scooter. Did, did Diggs ride in the back? Uh, I have. Like Dumb and Dumber? There's actually a guy named Thor that's from Georgia, Buford, yeah. uh, was one of my teammates at West Virginia. D-Tackle, white guy, hilarious human being. Nice. Okay. He used to ride on the back of this scooter in the Morgantown awesome. hills like this and that. But I would park that son bitch right in front of the halls. Like, yep. we're parking on the thing. So they didn't have a boot that could fit in my scooter thing. Ooh, so they would just rubber band all the parking tickets on my thing. 115 of them. 115 of them. Jeez. Did you ever pay? Never. So the NFL, <laughs> whenever I got into the NFL, uh, you know, they were like, Pat, you're the only draft pick that we've had in the last whatever years who has not graduated <laughs> from college. We're going to try to set you up to be on a fast track to graduation. And I said, okay, cool. I'm planning on never graduating, by the way. If this goes good, nice. which it's supposed to, <laughs> yeah. I'm never going back to school. Just want to let you know that we're, we're going to try to set you up to make it a, a good thing. Could never set it up because I was not paying the $25,000 oh. worth of parking tickets that I accrued with my scooter, who was a dog. This scooter was yeah. a dog. Got ran over by people. It had alarm on it. It was waking people up 3, 4 a.m. People, obviously, after I missed some kicks, attacked that thing. Ah. It survived. It like a Vespa? Is it like a Vespa? Uh, it was. It wasn't a Vespa because a Vespa is a little but bit smaller. I, know, I wish like I went to Ohio State. I wish yeah. they did have them. We needed. We really needed scooters, but it's no like one, one rode them. If you have a DUI, that's what you. Yeah, it's a DUI scooter. Oh, sweet. That's exactly what. And beep, beep. 
Remote start. What's a DUI scooter? So in Indiana, I learned about this. You get a DUI, you can't drive a car, but good news. If it has a certain amount of CCs, you can drive it. So you'll see. You can drive it drunk? No. TBD. I don't think it has a blow and go on it. up to your discretion. But I will say, middle of winter, 15 degrees, you see these people on the side of the highway. It's like, that guy's got six DUIs. That guy's doing that. It was a similar situation for me, but no DUIs, just good times. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll, I wish I had one in college. I'll never forget he pulled up uh, in front of my house in high school when he first got it, and my, my dad was loving that day. Yeah. Coach loved that. Really? Yeah, I mean, the thing had a remote start. Think remote about start it. and alarm. That thing was pretty fancy. On a scooter. Yeah. Did it you was, use part of your loan to buy this that you took out? So it was a card game, but the, yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. all money, not mine, that has been spent on everything. <laughs> yeah, it's sweet. The $40,000 in loans to have a good time, I think, would do well here in Athens. You guys like to have a good time here in Athens? <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't fair know. question. I've heard you guys wear a lot of khakis around here, a lot of croquis. Yeah, yeah, a lot of those. Croquis, not yep. a lot of good times. I think that's a lie. These people have been out here since day A little bit of drizzle. Yeah. A little bit yeah. of drizzle here in the beautiful hills of Georgia as we wrap up hour one here. Hour two, we'll have Michael Lombardi, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Artie Smith. Ooh. We get it. He's friend of the program. Yeah. Come on. Gonna give him the ball. Don't be shipping anything with FedEx with that reaction. UPS only for all you. Jeez, they want Bobby Petrino back. I don't, yeah, you want Bobby Petrino leaving the Falcons? Is that what you guys want? Anyways, Coach Hardy Smith will be on the program later. <laughs> Matt Gale, what the hell? That would be amazing. Can't wait to chat with him. And then Matthew Stafford will join us in the third hour. 2.15 Eastern time, we'll be FaceTiming him. He's on his bye week right now. Uh, very thankful that he'll be joining us. Yeah, pumped. This Georgia setup is going to be sick. Tomorrow, Nolan Smith is the guest picker. That should be a blast. Great personality on that. Great. Mm-hmm. Genius. Incredible personality. Have no clock out here, so not 100% sure when we're going to go to a break. I've been told it's within the next 60 seconds. Okay. So I assume we'll hit that right on the screws because, once again, Journalism. That's right. uh, that is what we do. Hour two should be a fantastic one. AJ Hawk will be attempting to win money for some of these Georgia Bulldog fans. It's going to be flawless. Big shout out to Kirby Smart already joining us. Big shout out to all these people hanging out in the quad in front of Myers Hall, which will be where college game day will be tomorrow. This has been an absurd ride, getting a chance to experience the college football season alongside ESPN's incredible setup. These fans are awesome, as are you. happening in this beautiful town tomorrow is Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin travel to Athens to take on the reigning defending undisputed shout out to Paul Heyman national champions the Georgia Bulldogs I'm not alone I'm, a lot of barking a lot of barking I'm just going to hear the drop of the song whenever we come into it because the amount of humans that were barking behind us speaking of barking there's been a man that's been barking at this crowd all morning one half of the toxic table at Boston Connor what's your deal with these people uh, I don't really have a deal uh, to be completely honest, when we got here, I thought, you know, there's a rowdy crowd. Maybe they will be loud. Maybe they will be active. Maybe they actually do like football. I was wrong. They, they aren't rowdy. They're not that loud. They really don't care about Georgia football, clearly. When Kirby Smart got up and left, he didn't even get a standing over from these people. I'm saying all, all standing! I'm, I'm saying all these terrible things and they're still not even booing. So, yeah, it's a soft crowd. Ole Miss is going to win by 50. Uh, and that's pretty clear to see now. 
The Georgia fans have certainly responded with their hatred of Boston Connor. Here's one from a lovely lady up front. Hide your oh, dogs true. from Boston Connor. What's Connor. that mean? You Hashtag me too, Chuck. Yeah, why, why, what does that why? mean? So there's a uh, miscommunicado, as they say in uh, Mexico, I believe. I well said. said something as a coyote, and I used the pronoun I. Now, however, I was speaking for a coyote when I said, I put Chuck in my mouth. And squeal. <laughs> and he, he didn't, didn't squeal. Yeah. So it, it was a huge, you know, he Speaking said, Speaking of your mouth, said, there's another Boston Connor sign out there, obviously, saying you eat corn the oh. long <laughs> So it's easier that way. When, Suck it down. You ever had a flat on a wing? It's easier if you do it the long way. You're supposed to eat corn that way. So that person's an idiot, just like Georgia. <laughs> Makes sense that they would have a sign like that. Yeah, they say you're going mouth to corn, too, not corn to mouth which I appreciate so much. That works. The other half of the talks at table at Ty Schmidt. Been a hell of a couple weeks with you with Pete Thamel in the Michigan situation. Yeah, and, you know, it's uh, it's probably going to, you know, reach its its pinnacle today. Yeah, I, we saw Pete in there. He is in the zone like I have. I mean, he looks like Pre-game. the Terminator walking around. He had his, you know, his ear pods in, and those things were blasted to a 1,000. We said about 100 times, hey, Pete, can we get you in here? And didn't matter. I mean, he's just walking back and forth, pacing back and forth, just waiting and just Laying in the weeds, waiting for this to come out so he can be the first to kind of, hiya, gotcha. I will say, it was awesome this morning in the game day meeting where Pete Tham was at one side of the table and then Desmond Howard's on the other side. It yeah. was amazing. <laughs> was it cordial? Fight. What do you mean? You guys just going over the, the show tomorrow? That's A.J. Hawk right there, an absolute oh. stud. Obviously loved him, George. A.J. Hawk! A.J. Hawk! That's your name. Hey, Jerry Hawk. I think we need to get Aaron James Hawk. Aaron James Hawk. Aaron James Hawk. Aaron James Hawk. Yeah, not as good as the AJ Hawk one, but they need to know that you're an Aaron James out here. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it was cordial, obviously. Good teammates. Great college game day cast we have. But certainly two different sides of one particular story. Pete being the driver for one side and Desmond having to go to bat for his alma mater. Charles Woodson, we heard him say a lot of things on our show yesterday that echo a lot of the sentiments of all the Michigan people. Basically saying, what is this, Fugues? We're good, so they want to stop us? Well, there's other teams that are good that they haven't tried to stop. But it seems like this one is a bit loud, AJ. Huh? Yeah, what well, feels like a lot of the former Michigan players are kind of have a, they have a united front, which I yeah. respect. They all are kind of saying the same thing, aren't they? they I, when to. Charles came on yesterday, I was watching and listened to that. I'm thinking, yeah, this is good. They should publicly absolutely stand by your people and privately do whatever you want. And, and whenever the, whatever comes out today, I don't think anybody will be a winner, but Pete Thamel is waiting anxiously, and we will certainly be first to cover it whenever it breaks here. Just curious, uh, like if it is you know, Harbaugh gets suspended and he can't coach during the week, too, like for you guys. Like, do you think it'll be a bunker mentality for the team? Or, like, how massive of an impact will that have? If he certainly a bunker mentality uh, whenever you're attacked by anybody. I think that is certainly the case, and teams can rally. And I think this has galvanized this Michigan team, especially yep. in the letter you see. They said, since Connor Stallion mm-hmm. has resigned, we've only gotten better uh-huh. through this entire thing. So I think it's helped. But Jim Harbaugh, if he is suspended and not allowed to be around day-to-day, which would be different than what the previous suspension was self-imposed at the beginning of the season, I think it's a big deal. He's considered a good coach for a reason. And whenever he's not around, that's going to be something that's going to be missing from the Michigan football program. That's a bigger deal. I think that may be missing the games 
even though he has a big piece of game day with the catching and the cleats right. and mm-hmm. deciding what we're doing. Day-to-day, his presence being gone, if that was the punishment, which we don't know, this is all just being hypothesized at this moment. For three weeks, that's a long time without the guy in charge. That is a long time, and I think you, you're spot on when you say like the day-to-day is where the biggest difference will be. Hey, who starts our day? Who, who, who do we look to, to, to when we need any kind of direction? It's always the head coach as far as players and coaching staff. But on game day, he doesn't call the offense or the defense of calls. So I don't think it's as big of impact on game day. Well, that's why, like, the first three games, they had, like, Mike Hart coach. There was yep. people who were coaching yeah, in the first yeah. half and the second half. Not, he's still around day to day. So he can still set the narrative, set the motto, set the game plan, be a part of it. If he was not in the building, much bigger piece. One half of the hammer, done. <laughs> Cowboys turn digs. Just, I was just brainstorming here in my brain. No. Yep. Okay. It's not where that happens. Right up there? Yeah. Usually you do it with your dong. Sometimes. Oh. Not today. Okay. Say Jim gets suspended three games. Could him and John switch places for three weeks? Jim goes, coaches the Ravens for three oh, weeks. John goes to no. Michigan for a few weeks, and, and, and then we're good? So the thing about it is, remember, there was a time where people were saying a lot of ridiculous stuff. I know what you're going to say. And they were saying, <laughs> you know, if Horrible yep. gets in trouble in Michigan, the NFL ain't just going to let them have a golden parachute right into their league. No, no way. They're going to stand by the ruling that the NCAA has. Yep. I would like to go on record as saying that's complete bullshit. <laughs> it was bullshit whenever it was said back then. Yep. Still is bullshit right now. Now, if it is only a three-game suspension, and we're saying only, although Jim Harbaugh will say that it's huge, and the team will potentially have to suffer from that on the football field, which is a damn shame because this team is very good. If this is the last time he is at Michigan this year and he goes somewhere, there's four or five teams in the NFL that would sign Jim Harbaugh today. And one of them is the Green Bay Packers. And another one is Chicago Bears. And another one is Carolina Panthers. I mean, there's a lot. And there's another one that they're saying right here. Artie Smith's on the show this hour. You throw in New England, though. I was going to say, yeah, New England, Washington. If it happens. Washington. So, I don't know what the future looks like, but I do know if I'm a Michigan alum, a Michigan player, a Michigan coach, I'm incredibly pumped and thankful for what we have gotten the team to. Expected to win. Yeah. Should win. Great execution. This team looks better than they've looked. And now some rogue agent mm-hmm. named Connor Stallion. Connor Stallion. Connor Stallion, yes. Formerly of the... Uh, the Naval Academy and I believe the Marine Corps as well. Wow. He just basically tore it all down. He did. Like, with this punishment. He wants to be a super Michigan guy, wants to help out Michigan. What we're seeing potentially unfold, let's just assume Harbaugh didn't know that he was doing everything he was doing. Somehow, some way, don't ask me. I don't want to know what he's doing. We're benefiting from it, but I don't want to see it. This could potentially be a ha-ha-ha-ha-ha domino effect that obviously couldn't be foreseen. And it's a shame. It's a damn shame. But you can't cheat. Nope. That's, That's what right. everybody's saying, Tom. That's right. Sorry. I mean, what do you, you know, and then, then how convenient, you know, for all this stuff with Ohio State and Rutgers and Purdue to come out, how you know, convenient. at the same mm. time. You guys are cheating. Well, what, what are they you saying? Know, what, what's Ohio State and Rutgers saying? You guys are cheating, too, you know. I mean. Ryan Day's talking to the Shiano man. I mean, the, oh, these yeah. guys Oh, yeah, you think are... that's real? You think that's actually happening? Well, they saw, I saw half a David. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. If it is, I had no clue. I didn't, yeah, right. I we heard I you were in there. Yeah, you were the one who brought up the idea. You sound like Pete Thamel right now. I like understand they all yeah. co-mingle. They've all worked with each other at some point. They've all, like, you know people on Shiano every staff. Shiano coached you. He did not coach me, but, yes, he, was, he coached at Ohio State as a defensive coordinator. I just don't know how much they would share information like that. 
Well, allegedly they were sharing information, which would assume in Michigan's the only one not sharing information, which would lead me to believe that all the coaches had an idea that Michigan was potentially doing this before, and that's why this all started. Sure. Yeah. Now that's all coming to a head, we shall see. There is precedent, though, in the football world. Not in the NCAA, but in the football world, where if you record signs, that's one step too far in everybody's eyes. Mm -hmm. Even in the NFL, where you're allowed to advance scout and go ahead of time, mm -hmm. everybody said, filming, it's too much, Bill. Can't do that. They burned those tapes. Yep. They moved along. Who knows what the NCAA will do? Yeah, I mean, and again, you, you mentioned it. Like, it really does suck. Even, you know, being a, like, being a fan of a team in the Big Ten, like, it is bullshit if this does come You down. guys are definitely not stealing signs. No, absolutely not. Iowa has never known what the other team's doing, ever. Well, they don't need to because defensively, you know, we can stop anybody. It doesn't matter, except for Penn State earlier this year. Uh, <laughs> 31 nothing. Yeah, but outside of that, you know, I mean, it just, like, if this team does get penalized, that's what makes no sense is you would think the Big Ten, it's like, hey, Michigan might be our best shot at winning a national championship this year. So for them to be like, well, you know, while, while we're at it, uh, let's actually just blow this whole thing up. Yeah, they don't up want to do that. Them. Well, that, that, but that's potentially that's what's going to happen. Potentially, yeah. but I, I don't see that happening. Also, is it a bigger deal if they filmed from the stands or if, like, that whole picture, we think there's a camera in old buddy's sunglasses from the sidelines. Which one? Is that more of a, a crime, you think? Or well, I don't know. McIlwain said that the CMU people are on it. Yeah, they're and, his best uh, man. Yep. They're good people. They're good people. Speaking of good people, joining us now is our Paisano friend who's been a general manager in the NFL. He's been a consultant, been an advisor. He's an author, a TED Talk. Right. Friend of the program, probably has information on all this because that's what he does. Ladies and gentlemen, massive brain, Michael Lombardi. Yeah. Hey there, guys. How are we doing today? Lombo, I must say, a little bit less of a pop for you than there was for Aaron from the Georgia crowd, but they still did clap for you. Yeah, uh, they right. still did clap for you down yeah. here, which is good news. Uh, Lombo, oh, let's, let's, right. let's dive right into it. Obviously, you have close uh, ties to Bill Belichick in the New England Patriots. We're talking about this Michigan sign-stealing situation right now. When that all took place, it felt like the rest of the NFL was just like, hey, come on, too much. Too much. You took it one step too far. Do you think that's kind of the same conversation that's happened around Michigan and why we got to this point as a guy whose entire life has been football pretty much? You know, I, I, you never know what the motivation is, but obviously the, the, when you win, there always are going to be – the reason you won is because you cheated or you did something. You know, it's, that's not like you're a good coach. I mean, this guy won 44 games in the National Football League. He lost 19. He's won – at San Diego, and I, I can say this from experience because I know him really well. I sat in a gym, I sat in a football stands at Piedmont High School in a rainy day in November, and he's sitting next to me and his son Jay's on the, on the field and my son Nick's on the field and they're playing a JV game, and he says to me, I'm going to go become the head coach University of San Diego. And I said, Jim, you're Captain Comeback. Like, why would you take that job? That's ridiculous. And he said, because I believe I should be a head coach. And Bill Walsh, who you always quote, said yeah. that if you want to be a head coach, go be one. And I did. And so he went to San Diego and won. Then he went to Stanford and won. And then he went to the 49ers and won 44 games and got into the Super Bowl. And so, yeah, I think a lot of it's being made of it. It's, it's probably not the right thing. You know, whatever happened, I don't know the whole situation there. But I do know this. I do know this from authority. There are people in the NFL Hall of Fame who have stolen signals. It's just something that goes in nature within the profession. I'm not saying it's what? right. Take them out, I'm saying, <laughs> Take them out of the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying it's right. It's just part of 
the way this is. If you're going to give out signals, if you're going to do that, you know, people are going to try to find a little bit of an edge. And you got to know that. Okay, well, let's move past the Michigan uh, sign-stealing thing where punishment from the Big Ten is allegedly supposed to break either at the end of this hour or in the next couple hours. Mm -hmm. We will be the first to report it with our Pete Thamel. Hell yeah. Actual Pete Thamel might join us as well. When you look around the NFL and you see the two teams last night, do you think, wow, the NFL's in a bad spot? Is that what you thought, Lombo, after watching last night's game? No, I, I thought actually, you know, to me, it's 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 the NFL. It's the it's life in the NFL without having a quarterback. We what we don't give enough credibility to is these teams that we label are bad. They're just they don't have a quarterback. I mean, the Bears have played the last five weeks. They played pretty good. They played really good defense, and the Panthers. You know, they've invested a lot into Bryce Young, and unfortunately, that offense hasn't clicked for them with Bryce Young. The offensive line is. Hey, you think he stinks? Lombo, you think he stinks? No, I do not. I do not. I do not. I'm fully on the Bryce Young board. Now, I don't like the offense they're running. I don't like that he's in shotgun all the time. I, I, I don't like the run game. I mean, this is a team that could run the football last year. And for whatever reason, Frank wants to be in shotgun all the time, and there's no run game. They paid Miles Sanders, and he's averaging 3.3 yards a carry. Like, there's nothing good I like about this Carolina Panther offense, and I haven't liked it all year. It started with the summer. So, but I, that doesn't mean the players are bad. I'm very disappointed in what's happened. And David Tepper, the owner of the team, I mean, he paid a, a king's ransom to get Bryce Young. And now it's going to even look worse when he gives the first pick overall in the draft to the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. And so when you tally up that trade, it's going to look bad. And Frank Wright is going to be sitting there saying, well, I told you, that, you know, what happens? You're going to have to figure this out. Well, Tepper, there's a video of Tepper last night in uh, fourth quarter from his Sweet, where he's just shaking his head. And all I could think of whenever we saw that video, which I think we do have. The Tepper video from him. (laughs) Here it is. What the fuck? <laughs> That's what he literally just said. Geez, sons of. What are we. Jeez. Uh, uh, he, he has. Allegedly, he has meetings. Good work in the back there. Allegedly, he has meetings with Frank Reich after every single game and kind of sits down with him. Is that normal? Mm-hmm. And how do you think that probably went today after last night and sending Eddie Pinheiro out for a 59 yarder? And this is Frank Reich's answer for why he did the 59 yarder in the post game press conference last night. Um. Yeah, it was a tough decision, you know, and honestly, uh, as far as percentages, I felt like the percentages, you know, I, I listened to what everybody, you know, listened to the analytics guys, list, talked to Coach Tabes, you know, there was mixed opinions about what we should do. That's my call. Um, I've seen us make 60 yarders in practice. Uh, I felt like there was a little yeah, bit 60? of a breeze out of our back. I don't know. The per- if you just look at the pure percentages, I think the pure percentage play, is to kick it, you know, um, you know, it's, it's the, the fourth and ten conversion is probably thirty percent conversion, and the sixty-yard field goal is higher than that. Um, do I second guess myself over? I mean, yeah, after we missed it, yeah, I did. You know what I mean? Because the one, the one reason why maybe you go for it there, even though the percentage play is to kick it, if you're just going pure percentages, is to kick it, is because if we. If we make it, 
we still have a chance to win the game and not just tie. There was still time left. You know, it wasn't like there was 20 seconds to go. So, um, so yeah. What like what do you, you know? What do we think there about Frank Reich? His answer and well, I, I mean, anytime you throw the word percentages around, you actually sound like you know what you're talking about. Like, what about <laughs> if you punt them and you pin them inside the ten and you get the ball back and you have a chance to get one first down and you get a field goal? You had your timeouts in the two minute warning. Okay, if you don't want to do that, the sixty yarder. It doesn't matter if you hit him in practice. It doesn't matter. It matters on that day on that field in those conditions can you make it and the answer is pretty much no and so you know to me the alternative maybe we pin them inside the five and now we get the ball back i mean you got they got tyson badgett they're not going to be able to all of a sudden just get first downs you know and maybe we get the ball back and we return the punt and we kick a field goal that's a 40 yarder i don't know but here's what i do know what looking at david tepper he he's embarrassed i mean one thing i learned working for owners when you embarrass them on what you do you're you're not going to be around much for the second embarrassment that's a hard thing to overcome and this is what's been going on in carolina i mean he fired steve wilkes and replaced him with frank and they've gotten worse they've gotten worse that's the reality of it and whoever made those decisions are going to pay a price well frank reich is in the middle of that meeting with Tepper right now, probably hearing a lot of that. I assume he is looking forward to the day where he doesn't have to coach bad football because he did a lot of that in Indianapolis, yep. didn't take a year off, right back into Carolina, not working out as well as they anybody could have expected it. Maybe he goes back and just takes a break after yeah, this year. But what does that mean for Bryce Young? Another coach, yep. another offense, right. and then we just get maybe into a cycle of a guy that you believe in, a lot of people believe in, maybe never getting an actual opportunity. AJ has a question for you, Lombo. Lombo, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Coach Eberflus had some tricks up his sleeve that he teased at halftime. What do you think that was? And he said we didn't get to see that. What could that be down the road? And we have some, uh, we have some hope in Chicago. Well, I think they've been playing really good defense, AJ. I mean, I think I've said that. They're, they're the hardest team in the league to run the ball on. And before the game, to handicap the game, they were the, 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 the Panthers were going to have to throw it effectively. Now, you know, they obviously tried to. They couldn't do it. You know, their offensive line, it breaks down. I don't know what tricks he has, but they are playing better defensively. Look, they were in set within seven points of the Saints last week, and they turned it over five times. You know, they've got to be able to get some more consistency offensively if they're going to kind of beat any of these good teams. I mean, Badgett's won two of the three wins for the team this year. So i, I got to give Uberflus credit for keeping the team focused and in the right framework and getting that defense to play. And if you throw out that Kansas City game where they had all their players hurt, they have played good team defense. They rally to the ball. They play zone concepts. You've got to have a quarterback who can look them off and make good throws. And that was something that Carolina didn't do. Carolina's offense is broken. I don't care what anything. Maybe Frank needs a year off. But I think with your temper and you hired this offense to build around Bryce Young, you got to be worried. Yeah, I'd say. And the yeah. Chicago Bears, they pay a guy $100 million to come in. And some of the other D linemen, I thought about that room with Sweat coming in, mm-hmm. getting paid. They got rid of Roquan. They got rid of some other people. Maybe he can invigorate them and look for the future. But both those teams have question marks all over the place. As we move on to the rest of the league, go ahead, Tone. Yeah, Lomba, I wanted to ask you about the uh, 49ers. They're coming off a bye week. It seemed like it came at – potentially the perfect time. They're doing similar to what the Steelers did with Matt Canada. They're moving Wilkes down to the field. How do you feel about the the Niners coming off of the bye week, and why do you think that 
all these teams that are struggling potentially are moving uh, their coordinators down to the field? Well, I think they got to have somebody to communicate with the players to get them kind of rally to correct the vision, you know, and, and to make sure that there's somebody that is motivating them on the field, especially when your head coach is calling plays for the other side of the team. That That's always a challenge, you know. Now, Tomlin, he's on the field, he's motivating, but I think what he wanted them to do is to connect with the quarterback, look him face-to-face and talk to him. You know, with Wilkes coming down on the field, I, I think ultimately that'll help them as in their communication. I, I expect the Niners to be much better. You know what the interesting about this Jacksonville game is Trevor Lawrence has played worse at home than he's played on the road. You know, he's had some of his worst games this year on the road uh, at home in front of his home crowd. And he's got an 86.1 quarterback rating at home. And when he goes on the road, it's 101. Wow. He averages eight, eight yards per attempt on the road. He averages 6-1 at home. So this will be a game where I think the Niners are going to play one of their best games. I think they'll move the football. It's going to be a little windy down there, and you always are concerned about the wind. Purdy's played, uh, I think, in each of the times he's played in 10-mile-an-hour or more wind. They, they failed to score 20 points in either game, so maybe that will affect them. Oh, but no. I, I think, to me, you've got to connect with the team. You've got to have somebody talking to the quarterback who's coaching the quarterback, and it can't be through the, the telephone wire. Well, speaking of coaching a quarterback, Connor has a question for you. Yeah, Lombo, uh, first and foremost, I am so sorry about Al Michaels' tie these last two it's a, weeks. It's unbelievable. I think, I, I think somebody got to him. I mean, how can he not wear that tie? Last? I mean, it's just, he's got such a streak going, Connor. I mean, it's disappointing. I mean, uh, Herbie's son t- tweeted to me that I'm going to be disappointed. I was crushed. I was absolutely crushed. That's good boy Jake. Yeah, yeah. Right. Good boy. That's, that's good boy Jake. Sweet, sweet boy Jake. Uh, yeah, we were all disappointed though, Michael. It was absolute horseshit. But one guy that you thought probably was not going to play this season is Kyler Murray. And you were in the yeah. camp of, you know, probably not smart to play him because if he gets hurt, then the Cardinals owe him a boatload of money. What do you think is going on there? Is this kind of an audition to see if the Cardinals are going to go with him? Is this more so get him out there so they can trade him in the offseason? What do you think the Cardinals are you know, doing over there? And how do you think that's going to go with Kyler the rest of the season? Well, I mean, you listen to what he's talking about. He said, I'm going to be myself. I'm going to go out there and play my game. And I think he realizes he's auditioning for that $98 million that's due to him next year. He's got to play well, right? And look, as an executive, you're always comparing the player you have to the player that's available in the draft. The Bears are going to go through this too, right? They've got to compare who's available when they get Carolina's pick in the first pick in the draft to what they have on their current roster. It's the same thing Monty Ossendorf has to do with Kyler Murray. I wouldn't put him out there. I mean, this offense has not played very well. I'm not sure James Conner's going to come back. I mean, it's, it's one of the things where Arizona, especially defensively, I mean, they're one of the worst teams in terms of pressuring the quarterback in the league. They give up the most first downs of any team in the league. Their EPA, which is expected points for all that, 31st. Their success rate against them is 31st. So they're, they're not a good team. And if he gets behind in the game, which they will do, then it's going to put more pressure on him to have to stay in the pocket and make throws. I, I, as a GM, I don't want to risk the $98 million, but maybe the owner's saying to him, look, we got to find out what we have. You should know what you have with them. But I think they're giving him a chance to go on the field. I think it's dangerous. Gannon's doing a great job here to start his coaching career. Josh Dobbs come out and said, Gannon told me literally right after the game that I'm starting next Sunday, Monday, same thing. Said I wasn't going to be traded. Then I wake up on Tuesday morning, and the agent says, yeah, 
you might be traded today. I'm like, wait, that was not what I was told by the head coach. And then the head coach came out and said, uh, you know, yeah, Clayton Tune or Kyler's going to start this yeah. week. Why'd you change your tune? Well, I watched film. Dobbs stinks. And then he gets sent to Minnesota. Like, I don't know <laughs> if, it's, if it's Gannon's fault, if it's front office's fault. But Dobbs yeah. came out and was like, yeah, this dude just lied right to my face pretty much. That's not a good start as a head coach nope. in any place. Nobody else wants to hear that in the locker room, Lombo. No, and, but the problem is I think the disconnect comes, it must come from management. I mean, it must. It's got to come from somebody above him, and I don't think it's Monty. So maybe Michael Bidwell is saying, look, here's what I want to do. I paid this guy a lot of money, and we're going to play him. You know, one thing we don't ever account, because they have plausible deniability, the owners want to make some of these decisions too. Because when you get a coach who's saying one thing and doing something else, I mean, Robert Sala at this press conference when they asked him about the uh, – the, the, whether Zach Wilson's going to start or not, he became a mafia boss and he pleaded the fifth. I mean, like, you know, where did that come from, right? I mean, most coaches, even when they're put in that just fluff it off. Well, he's doing better. We believe in him. But he pleaded the fifth. It's the same thing here. He says one thing and then it has to change it. That tells me the owner's really involved. And Eberflus, too, with his press conference with Justin Fields going, he's doubtful, he's doubtful. Yeah, medical has to clear him and He's not really accurate, can't throw for shit, but, like, yeah, he's doubtful. We'll see if he gets better. And then somebody said, so is he playing tomorrow? No, he's not playing tomorrow. No, he's out. Yeah, he's, there's no way he played. And he's like, oh, no. What did I say? Feels like there's other people involved, you're saying, not just the person that no, is speaking. Look, that, that's the problem. Most of these organizations in the NFL, they have this committee thing going on. And as I've said many times, they've never dedicated a monument to a committee. You know, and so when you got a committee, like what Wright just said, well, I talked to the analytical people. They said one thing. I talked to the coach. I talked to Tate. You, you got to talk to that many people to decide to kick a 60-yard field goal? Seriously? Like, I mean, you know, like it, it, it's either you watched it in pregame and you know Eddie Panero's range is limited to begin with. Trying that, you don't need 16 people to tell you. Like, that's not something you need to do. Felt like a Nathaniel Hackett situation last year. A little bit. Ty has the last question for you here, Lombo, before we get your picks. Yeah, Lombo, we heard uh, Latavius Murray call the players-only meeting for the Bills offense yesterday. And then before their previous game, Josh Allen basically said, like, hey, whatever you guys got going on off the field, you know, leave it out there. Let's, let's just go play. Let's focus on what we have to do. We know their defense is banged up, but are the Bills in DEFCON 5 right now? Like, I mean, are they in serious danger of potentially not making the playoffs like what the hell is going on in buffalo well when the when the sports books throughout this united states declares you even money to make the playoffs you're in trouble and their defense has gotten a lot of guys injured right and we know josh allen's a great quarterback but he and baker mayfield lead the league in the most interceptions since their draft class came out he's turned the ball over he's an incredible player and he can carry them to the playoffs the problem is the supporting cast. See, this is where we get confused in the National Football League. We think this one team's really good and because they have Josh Allen, and then we think this other team is horrible because they don't have a quarterback, when maybe they're probably similar, and if you switch the quarterbacks, it would look different. And I think that's Buffalo. Buffalo's talent level isn't very good with the injuries. Milano hurts them. Not having him. White, not having him. Daquan Jones was really good for them inside. So they can't, they can't get caught up in these losses, especially defensively. And why do you think Cincinnati took the ball last week? Why do you think they started the game? They won the toss, they took the ball. Because they know if you make Buffalo have to play from behind, they're not physical enough on defense, they're not big enough on defense, and you can run the ball and you can push them around. 
And that's the problem. And so they wanted to start the game with the lead. They did. They finished it off the same way. Lombo, what's going on with Bill Belichick? There's all these rumors that he may be fired if they lose. There's these videos popping out from the yeah. summer, possibly. Yeah. What's going on uh, over I, there, and what's his yeah. future look like? That, that video's been analyzed more than any murder. Yeah, what's going on there, Lombo? Oh, that was a kid. I mean, he took his kids Matt to the beach. Yeah. Yeah. He took his kids to the beach. He was fixing a car. The guy had to go pick I mean, up a DoorDash you know, order. Yeah. What are we talking about? It looked he like he order. was in summertime. I, I don't know. Look, all I can say this is whatever they decide to do in New England, you know, it's going to – can they actually get a better Jesus, coach than That's him? huge. Yeah, beast. You know? Oh, I mean, can they actually get a better coach? And they're not having a good year. They're, they're not playing well, and he'd be the first to sit here and tell you that they're not, they're not rising to the level of his expectations. So – and there's just not one reason. I think when we blame a team losing on one thing – I think a lot of that is is because you just don't want to assume responsibility and there's a lack of discipline within the organization. Look, there's a lot of things going wrong there, but I know he can fix them. Now, I think that comes to the question of Robert Kraft. Does he want Bill to be the guy to fix them? I think only he can answer that. Everything else is noise. Do you think there is a real chance, though, that he ends up coaching for another team? Oh, I think Bill Belichick's football coach. If, if they don't want him in New England, I think he'll go coach for another team because that, he's really good at his job. I mean, why would he stop coaching like Pete Carroll? Why, just because you get older doesn't mean you can't coach. They're, they're at the top of their game. I mean, it would be like, you know, you just because you, you get up there, experience does matter in the NFL. I think we see that. And I think he's still a really, really, he's one of the best coaches in the league. And I don't want to hear the rhetoric, well, he doesn't have Brady. Sean McBaby without Matt Stafford last week. How'd that work? Oh, I mean, Matthew Stafford will be joining us in about 45 minutes or so. I'm not going to ask him that exact question, but you're right. A great quarterback certainly helps any program, any yeah. team. Go ahead, Colin. Yeah, Lamba, is their relationship Bill and Kraft that bad? These stupid Georgia people just keep booing, and they're not even booing loud. But is their relationship that bad, Kraft and Bill? Because from the outside, at least looking in, the narrative is it's terrible. I don't know. You know, I was there. It didn't seem that bad to me. And we won two Super Bowls. But that's when winning happens. So, look, I can't imagine it could be. I mean, the guy won six Super Bowls. I mean, how many coach? Look at Greg Popovich in San Antonio. You know, like they have, they went through some struggles. And now they've got this great player and they're going to come back. I, I think this is all about the cycle. That We've got all this media attention. You know, I mean, can you imagine we're talking about Bill Belichick getting fired yeah. and he's got six Super Bowls and we're <laughs> not talking about some other coaches in the league whose job's in jeopardy. We're talking about the, one of the winningest coaches of all time, but that's the story. That's the narrative. Jeez, these guys with this Atlanta Falcons team are certainly a little bit loud. Well, I mean, there's Arthur Smith right there. I mean, Arthur Smith, what's his one-loss record in two years? Nobody mentions that. I'm not trying to get Arthur Smith fired at all, but there's sure. other coaches that are not having very good seasons, yet we're talking about the one coach who's won a lot of games. We are three minutes away from Arthur Smith joining us <laughs> yep. on this particular program. Lombo, before we let you go, and we can't thank you enough for <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. They're booing Connor, and they're booing Artie around here. Oh, I deserve it. Um, uh, Lombo, as we look the, at this slate the, this weekend. No, no. They no, love no, you, no, Lombo. No, they, love you. they love you. They actually yeah. had a full. They're saying they're barking in Italian for you. What are the uh, <laughs> what are the picks this weekend that we need to keep an eye on? What is Lombo I, like? I like I like San Francisco. Uh, everybody's on Jacksonville. I like San Francisco this week because I think they'll come back. And I think that if you watch, for some reason, that Lawrence doesn't play as well as home. And look, 
with with Mike Vrabel at one and a half point dog, I, I think against the secondary that's really beaten up right now. We saw what C.J. Stroud did to the Tampa Bay Bucks last week uh, in their secondary. I think Tennessee. I believe in Vrabel. I think his defense will play better coming off of some rest. I like Tennessee and San Francisco. I like both those teams. All right. Well, we like you. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Michael Lombardi. Yeah. Oh, I just noticed there's a uh, Ooh, look at that. Inception. There's a me over the shoulder of me right there. Oh. That's way too much of me, which is what this season has been. You said what? You hated seeing Jason Kelsey on that game last night? Whoa. Is that what you said? Whoa. I think check the tape. I didn't ever say anything like that. I love. Oh, Jason that was Kelsey. Nick Moraldo. Nick Moraldo in the truck. I don't know if we have a camera on this what? brand new truck. Nick Moraldo there on the far side. I love Jason. Everybody loves Jason. You know, we're big fans. He's a friend of the program, but, you know, the Kelseys are everywhere right now, and we're supposed to be watching a football game, and granted, it was two terrible teams, but let's just focus on two terrible teams. We don't need the Kelseys in everything we're doing. I disagree oh. with Nick. Come on. I disagree <laughs> with Nick. Give me more Kelsey. I agree. Yeah. Give me more Jason Kelsey. More Jason, I thought he was fantastic yeah. last night. Now, why is Jason Kelsey on Amazon? Well, he's the most watched documentary in the history of Prime. Yes. Had his bye week. They wanted to go ahead and let him talk a little ball. I appreciated it. But it was hilarious that Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels were just interviewing him yep. like it was a preseason game last yeah. night. Yeah. They were doing just full podcasts, great questions, great answers. I love the Kelsey brothers. And as somebody who's been on way too many TVs this fall and people are sick of seeing me, it does feel like there's a chance that the Kelseys are going to get to a point where people are just going to hate them to hate them. Know this, two Ohio dudes who love ball, it is not their fault that they're awesome. I need that to be remembered. And when Nick is saying terrible things, we need to make sure that goes in one ear, out the other con. Yeah, I don't know why he, you know, sent that text to the group that, you know, everyone has to ball wash. See, that one was good. That's the first good booze we've had all day because they've been asleep at the wheel. They're so stupid. That's the biggest thing that I've kind of taken away here. But, again, I, I, I don't understand why they get so much hate, especially because they are two of the faces of two of the one seeds in the NFL. Like, they're also, on the best team. greatest tight end of all time, conversation. Bingo. Greatest center of all time, conversation. Bingo. Both teams, very, very good on both sides. It's the perfect storm to showcase an Ohio family yes. and do the entire thing. I love Jason. He's Bubble. sexiest man alive. Yeah, yeah. honestly right. hope that they're doing another doc of just this season because that last doc was unbelievable, and I believe he said, you know, it was multiple years. I would like to just get a full, you know, September to February, hopefully, for the Eagles. And I think you heard him last night say that one of his teammates told him that when he wakes up one morning, there'll be a day where he doesn't want to play anymore. Like he said, this has been a constant battle on whether or not he wants to come back. Every year is a one-year lease, a one-year lease. He still wakes up wanting to play football. He said one day he wakes up and imagines that he just won't want to play football anymore. I don't know if that's true, especially for Ohio guys. Whenever you got to the end of your career, did you wake up and not want to play, or did somebody tell you? What was it whenever you had to say goodbye to football? Um, no, I didn't wake up one day and just not want to play. I think You it was still a, want to play right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, I would, but I knew – Long, I lasted 11 years. I expected to make it like two or three. So that's like number I, five. I knew I was all the time. I'm saying a lot of other reasons. I'm saying there was, I, I, but I also had a weird outlook. Like I told you, I always thought, hey, I could fall down the stairs and I'll be done tomorrow. Like I, I always knew, like, hey, the, ne- the last step could be tomorrow. Like you never know. So, but I, I think everybody, 
would love to play if you knew, hey, I, I could physically feel good, my brain, my legs, I could move and start and stop. Yeah, I think anyone would want to. He said, I hurt. I hurt right now. Football hurts. But he's just assuming that one day he's going to wake up and not want to play football. I got some bad news for you, sexy man. You're from Ohio. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's ever going to be a day where you're going to wake up and not want to play football. But we are all very grateful that you're still in the league. And I can't wait to see you on more microphones. Shout out to the New Heights pod doing its thing. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, friend of the program. Yes. Good friend. Head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Arthur Smith. Coach. Hold on, you're muted. You're muted. You lost your mustache and your sound. Don't love it. Don't love it. Oh, no. Don't love it. One time. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, a man who had a mustache before, no longer does, head coach, Artie Smith. Coach, how you doing? I'm good. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you sound amazing, and I want to let you know. I'm a little embarrassed. I'm a little embarrassed. It's going back. um, Poor decision on my part, Monday morning, trying to, like, (laughs) cleanse this uh, turnover funk we've been in and uh, trying to change momentum. yeah, poor decision, but it'll be back soon, sooner rather than later. Okay, so I appreciate you acknowledging that it was a bad decision because we thought that mustache was one of the greatest we'd ever seen. Yeah. I believe the story was that I heard was 3.30 a.m., you couldn't really sleep, looked in the mirror and said, what am I doing to try to help this? Am I all in? Let me shave this thing off my upper lip. When did the regrets set in after you shaved it, and how long do you think it's going to take to get that beautiful upper lip decoration back? Open after the bye before New Orleans. Um, so we got a bye next week. So hopefully coming off the bye, it'll be, it'll be popping, you know, the way it's supposed to be. Um, it's probably about 30 seconds after I shaved. I was like, what did I just do? Yeah. But at least, you know, we've seen it, and I don't want to call out any, anybody, but at least I didn't go with the full head. That, that's when I would have been worried about myself if I'd shaved my entire head. Who, who did that? Who's somebody that maybe shaved their whole head? I'm just saying it's, it's happened recently in pop culture. Mm. And uh, – Thankfully, yeah. I didn't go off the deep end that Britney way. Spears. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, she's got a book, too. I don't know if that's who you're referring to, but I appreciate that you're trying to do anything to turn the team around. We got some Falcons fans here who are obviously eager for the Falcons to get back on the winning side sure. of things. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on where you are right now? You got a bye week coming up. Seems like it's almost perfect timing for that, obviously, next week. What are your thoughts on the current state of the Falcons? And these fans are getting antsy, and I assume you already know that. Yeah, that's that's. But we're Pat, you, know, you and AJ know better than me. Uh, we're, we're all in this, and your job is to win, and that's what we uh, try to accomplish every week. And so, you know, we've done some good things, but obviously, in the uh, recent history, we're not where we want to be. And so, when you're coming off two losses, uh, we have a big game coming up, going out to Arizona this weekend, and a game we need to win, get us right back on track. You know, thankfully, uh, we still have everything in front of us, but ultimately, we got to go win Sunday. Yeah, there's and a, it's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there's a lot of football left. A lot of football left, a lot to figure out. You actually gave a five-minute answer that was very fascinating. Connor has a question for you. Yeah, Coach, obviously this is the second time that you've had this. In, first of all, they're booing me. I think it's more of a sign of love, Coach. So <laughs> if you do That's get fine. offended, you shouldn't. They, also, they're, I, I don't get offended by Good. They're, they're so stupid either way, too. So who cares what they think? But 
you gave a five-minute explanation on the kind of the 99 plays you guys had offensively with flags and everything like that. And I assume you just kind of got fed up with the, you know, question, hey, why aren't we feeding these guys? Why aren't we feeding these guys? And you went through kind of the situations are situational in NFL football and things go wrong when plays start, even if they are designed to go to a specific player. What made you kind of get to that point? Like, did you just say to yourself, all right, screw it. Like these people, if they really want an answer, I'll lay it out to them. Or did you kind of want to be transparent with everybody and go through what you guys are going through on the sideline in the game? Well, I think when, you know, maybe it's just kind of where we're at, uh, where the game's at, you know, I think there's so many people that are passionate and uh, I think when you need to be accountable. So when the question's asked, it's, look, you, we don't like all the results. I mean, you, you clearly, and so if you want to know why, here's why. And we're not going to run from that. You don't run from criticism. You don't run from being accountable. I mean, that's, that's your job as a head coach or your play caller in, in, in this league. And so that's that just me being myself and answering the question because I think there's a lot of things that can get like get sometimes runaway narratives. I mean, some of it's fair and then some of it's just factually untrue. And so there it was. And take you know, if you wanted context, great. If you don't, great. But I was gonna lay it out there just to say, hey, look, here's what happened. Here's why you do things. Uh, this is what's going on on the sideline, and also. We got a lot of football left, and I believe in our guys, and our guys are eager to go back out there because uh, we do have the right guys here. Well, I think like you being that transparent is both not normal for every call, uh, NFL coach, but also hasn't been really your thing either. I think the fans will appreciate it as it continues, and we still got everything in front of us. Yep. Yeah. We still got everything in front of us. Come on, Falcons. Still got everything, a lot of football left. Of Speaking of football, AJ has a question for you. Coach, I know you're traveling out to Arizona. You're going to be taking on Kyler Murray coming off that ACL injury. I guess, what can you guys do? How do you prepare and what do you expect from Kyler? Yeah, obviously it's his first game back. Uh, you know, different system than what he's played in before uh, out in Arizona. But, uh, you know, he's a talented football player. That's why he was the top pick of the draft. And, uh, you know, it's like everything that shows up, AJ, you know this. If something's been a problem, uh, you know, we Josh Dobbs got out of the pocket last week and hurt us, some play extensions, and that's kind of Kyler's strength. So we got to make sure we're we're better there and, and tackling better. And I'm sure they'll they'll try to move the pocket and they've got speed on offense and take shots and try to set them up. And so the things he's done in the past, different system, and uh we gotta be ready to go and play well. And we gotta we gotta make sure we're we're containing and good on our rush rush lanes and in our blitz patterns. Coach, have you thought about signing Connor Stallions to your uh, to your coach? He's available. Got him. Got him. Good soldier. I don't even know who that is. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Never yeah. heard of him. Of course you don't. Uh, obviously, before we let you go, I would like to say thank you for not only joining our program, but we announced a couple weeks ago that you are the nominee for the Salute to Service Award with the Atlanta Falcons, which is giving back to the military. On this Veterans Day, tomorrow. USA, 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 With your dad. You know, Pat, and I'm glad you bring that up. I'm going to put, uh, you know, my brother, I don't know what's the hold up, but uh, I won't put him on the spot there. But, yeah, I'd like to make a small contribution to the uh, Marine Corps Scholarship Fund. And again, just a small token and see if uh, yeah, my brother will actually match it. Again, I'm sure you get uh, either way, but I'd like to give at least 15000 and see if, if Richard will match. 
to the Marine Corps Scholarship Fund, which is a which is a great organization that provides scholarship opportunities to uh, children of Marines. Okay, hell yeah, I'll match 15k from match. us. Awesome. 15k from you. Yeah. 15k. We need Dick Smith, FedEx uh -huh. CEO, yep. 15,000. That's 45,000 to the Marine Scholarship Fund, and I believe today is the 248th birthday of the Marine Corps. So. Thank you to everybody that has served. Thank you to your father, who's obviously a Marine, and uh, we appreciate the hell out of you. Let's get this going. A lot of football left. Come on, a lot of go. football Absolutely. left. We'll get it going. All appreciate right. it, Pat. We appreciate Thanks, you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Thanks, Coach Hardy Smith. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it came back. It did. At the beginning of that thing, every time Artie popped up, it was yeah. like you popped up. They were booing this I, man. I thought it was ridiculous. And this guy's just trying to talk about football. And donate these, money to, yeah, to help support the troops. Do these guys hate the troops? Is that what George is trying to tell us? Let's make sure on this particular Veterans Day weekend that at some point, if you have the opportunity to say thank you to somebody that served, any woman or man that signed a line that said, hey, if shit pops off, I'll be the one that goes. So thank you to everybody that has done that. And happy Veterans Day to all of you. Shout out to Artie Smith putting up his own money. And if Dick Smith of FedEx will finally answer the call, yeah, no yeah. hopefully on. he'll put up 15 racks as well. Because we're starting to get to the point where it's like, maybe UPS will uh, do it. Yeah, what can Brown do for you? Yeah, I mean, why not start thinking that way with how it's all unfolded with FedEx? What have we learned, though, from that conversation with Artie? Mustache coming back, a lot of ball left, has the right guys. They didn't listen to any of that, but I think he truly believes that. They did not. And what exactly did he say when he uh, responded to the, you know, the five-minute-long yeah. answer he yeah. What was he saying? He just wanted to give context? Well, I mean, a lot of people are there pissed that, you know, Bijan and Drake London and Kyle Pitts aren't getting the ball. And they talked about how, when they There's call. a sign actually out here that yep. says that. Yeah. Give Bijan the ball and Pitts to and Drake London. I think the second right. two should be flipped. But, hey, we don't know if it is. Right, yes. A Harvard, and then there's fire on it. That's right. just donated to Marine. Come on. Oh, this place hates America. Ain't no Aaron. They did do USA chant quickly. Yeah, yeah. first good thing. But that is done. a lot of thoughts that a lot of people have, especially not only Falcons fans, but like fantasy owners and yeah. everybody. They think, why is this guy not getting the ball to his players? And he felt obligated to give an answer. Yeah, he went through it and basically said, you know, they had 99 plays, including penalties and including, you know, different things that screwed up during that play, whether it was a false start or not. But he said, like, yeah, obviously I'm drawing up plays for Bijan or Drake or Kyle Pitts, but teams on defense, whether it's pressure to the quarterback and then they can't make the throw or they're double-teaming the guy they're trying to throw to, or, you know, maybe Bijan isn't the hot hand and Algiers the hot hand. Like, there are many different situations that he was kind of trying to address through the whole entire question of why aren't these guys getting the ball. And it was cool to just see the candidness of it. Like Pat mentioned, he usually doesn't, not, not him, NFL coaches in general usually aren't, you know, going up there and saying, hey, this is what we're trying to do. This is why it's not working. This is what we're going to continue to try to do. So it was great to see that, but that was essentially... It felt authentic, though, didn't yes, it, Tom? When I, when I listened to it and I watched Artie Smith speak to the media, I was like, man, he's really going deep on this. But it all felt real. And he even, like, he almost apologized a few times. Like, I'm sorry, I, I, I want to give you context. He kept trying yeah. to explain to them why I'm giving this such a long explanation. Like, there's a lot more layers to this than you guys think. I think. It's not easy to win a football game. Nope. Oh. Kirby Smart said it earlier, obviously, whenever you're in the SEC and anybody can have it, they've won a lot here. But in the NFL, it's not easy at all. Especially whenever, it's what, his second year down there? Yeah, yeah. that's it. So, do they have the quarterback that they want? Yeah, no. third QB in two years. I, there's a lot. But these fa Falcons fans, they don't care. 
we got a good stadium. We got a superstar named Bijan that we've seen slow motion sky cams of. He can do things on the field that nobody else can do. Let's get him the ball and then let's worry about how we win games. Not easy though, but still, everything's in front of them. Yeah, can still win the NFC South, can still have a home playoff game, yep. can still go on a run, but it feels like the Falcons fans feel like that is a far, far, far-fetched thought at this point. And I get it because we're part of the, I mean, I don't want to say part of the problem, but we are in terms of like overreaction Monday and everything. Like we always talk about how the NFL is a week-to-week thing and every loss seems like the end of the world. But in that division, like realistically, I mean, if they win their next, you know, two games even or, you know, win, win this week and then go into the bye, like – they're going to be just fine yeah. in terms of where they want to go. I mean, the NFC South is not a juggernaut. Like, if they just, you know, start to kind of turn things around a little bit, they'll be just fine. As you saw, Ben just made his, uh, his beautiful appearance on the program. That's the first time he's been on this show. Oh, the Bulldogs barked right at Ben to let him know hello. Nice. I don't know if he understood what they were saying, or he did understand what he was saying, he thought to get the hell out of here. Joining us now is a man who's been the voice of college football for 28 years, and now the voice of Thursday Night Football on Amazon. Ladies and gentlemen, Kirk Herbstreit. Herbie, yeah. uh, they've been booing Connor every single time he spoke here. The fans Why? have been fantastic Why? all day. Why? Last time I – where were we last time? Everywhere. Every, yeah. Everywhere we've thing? been. That's your thing? No, not really. It's just sometimes you get to a place and you're like, God, this – it reeks of shit. You know? It, it smells bad. Everyone oh, looks that's bad. that's why they don't like you. It's just it. a ter- – I'm assuming there are about, I don't know, eight – to 20 dropouts of college in there somewhere. They'll be kicked out soon. I mean, look at the chicken scratch. Some of these kids are right. They don't even know how to write words. Well, you, you don't gotta, need to do that anymore. What do you get? A, is that a, what it's a bear, Kirk. Grizzly? Grizzly? That's because last night, big bears win. You were there for it. Pete's yeah. here, too. I didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah, well, Threshold. Hey, he's on his way right now <laughs> yeah. because the Big Ten news is allegedly oh, supposed to drop. Supposed to drop in the next... 20, 30 minutes. Who knows what's real and what isn't in that entire saga. We will certainly digest it and absorb it Mm -hmm. as it comes through. Let's talk about you last night in Chicago. Yeah. This was a game that everybody was talking about you and Al Michaels, uh, more specifically Al Michaels, having to kind of get through. (laughs) I talked to you earlier this morning. I said, hey, I fell asleep at halftime. You said you missed a good one. What were your thoughts on last night's games? And Uh, Here's the thing. When you call a game and you put... Is that what you think? Bryce Young stinks? No. I think the opposite of that. Okay. I think if you put Bryce Young in Kyle Shanahan's offense with George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey, Uh-oh. I think you would all be going, holy, sh- holy cow, he's really good. Wow, that kid is really good. That's what you would say. Okay, so we're not... We're- no, you, got, you can't let the internet world affect... Wow. The direction, because it's a narrative. Like Al Michaels hates Thursday Night Football has become a narrative. It's not real, but it's become a narrative. You talk with him. We're on Love the way it. to the game. He, he's, for some reason, last year, the Indianapolis-Denver game sucked. So after that game, he said, man, this is like doing a, a, a Fox D game. And from that point on, people Ooh. just threw that into a low-hanging fruit. Al Michaels hates Thursday Night Football. And it, it, the real, I, I work next to him. He doesn't. That game did suck. Yeah. Yeah, it that did. Game did suck. It did. But oh, yeah. he enjoy, he's enjoying He's having a blast. And the same thing with Bryce Young. It's so easy right now to be a sheep and just say, oh, yeah, yeah, Bryce Young can't complete a pass. He sucks. It's like, okay. Name a receiver on his roster. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. I love Adam Thielen. He's, 30, Jr. he's 33 years old. You're going to build your offense for your future with a rookie, with Adam Thielen, who's a possession receiver at this stage of his career? Whoa. I'm just saying. That's a good question. Who, name a receiver on their roster. Jonathan Adam Mingo. Thielen. Yeah. That makes you <laughs> afraid. Terrace Marshall Jr. 
Name an offensive lineman on their team right now that Icky. makes. <laughs> Come on, okay. Kirk. Kirk, we can do this you all day. Did you watch the game? Yeah, of course I watched the game. There's nothing else City. to do. Well, well, the offensive line needs a lot of work. Yeah. And they, the, the skill in the backfield you can work with, with Hubbard and Sanders, the receivers, until they get better at receiver, you can't evaluate who he is as Okay, a and we will continue this conversation but the on Bears, YouTube Bears and ESPN Plus oh, as our ESPN Three. run ends here in Three. 9, 8, <laughs> 7, 6, Five. Five. Have oh, a good one. Sports centers in seven minutes and two seconds. We'll see you on Monday. We nailed it. Hey, way to go. Way to go. We stopped up on ESPN. You guys did really good out there. But whatever you talk about, uh, the Bryce Young taking the blame for it, it's because he's number one overall pick. Supposed to be the Steph Curry of the NFL. And then once you see how Frank Reich is kind of operating and Josh McCown and how the season has gone, and then you see what C.J. Stroud is doing down in Houston in a similar situation where their team was absolute crop last year. Now they're very good. It's easy to blame Bryce is what you're saying. It is. But what happens after this season? Are they going to get rid of Frank? Like, because Tepper's not scared to pull the trigger. No. You don't think think so? I don't think they will. Yeah. I I think he will. What changes will they make then? I think they gotta, I, I think they got to go out and make some moves. You know, they, the problem is they, the trade that they made to get Bryce, they're, they're in a tough spot, but they're going to have to go spend some money on some free agents. If you look at what Trevor Lawrence did, Trent Belke, the GM at Jacksonville, they recognized right away, wow, this guy is better than we thought. Let's go get Evan Ingram. Let's go get Christian Kirk. Like, let's go get some difference makers that can win. Let's get Urban Meyer out of here. Yep. Well, yeah. well what, but I'm just saying they got guys that can help the quarterback do his job. And it's look at his running back that he has, who was a rookie that year as well in ETN, uh-huh. and you add pieces around him. I'm just saying, if you put Bryce Young at a place like San Francisco, you guys would all be going, how about this Bryce Young guy? This guy's amazing. And I'm just saying, a quarterback is a product of the system that he plays in and the people that he has around him. It's as simple as that. And he doesn't ha- right now, they're in a transition mode where they're running an offense that was – Six offensive linemen inside zone downhill, and now they're trying to take the, the personnel from that offense and become a college offense, spread, gun, tempo, playing space. So they're caught in between right now, and they don't have the personnel to run the kind of offense they want to run that they're going to run eventually with Bryce Young. So I think, he, to me, you need to pump the brakes on giving up on Bryce Young or thinking he sucks. Still a believer. Because I don't think he does. Still I'm a believer. A, I'm a believer. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Connor has a question well, for you. Don't you think that the, it's the Panthers' fault, though? Like, when they made that trade, it could, it's not bad. Uh, that one was okay. That, that that's on shoulders, boom. Yeah, that, I mean, good. About time they showed some life. But that's the thing about the trade they made. Like, yeah. don't you think it's the GM's fault for trading DJ Moore instead of Brian Burns? Because that was when that yeah. whole thing happened. They said they wouldn't trade Brian. They wanted to keep him, kind of have that be their defensive pillar. And then they took I, away Bryce's only good wide receiver in your eyes. It, uh, yeah, in I mean, I'm, not, eyes. I'm not behind closed doors to know, like, who's at fault. I just know that right now D.J. Moore would look great in that uniform to yeah. help that young quarterback. But in order to get him, they had to get rid of some players. They had to get rid of D.J. Moore. They had to move their, their picks. So um, I just think right now we'll see where this thing is in two or three years. But right now it's easy to look at it because he's not producing. And Will Levis right now, wow, look at him in Pittsburgh the other night. Wow, that, Will Levis is even better. It's just, it's almost like simple-minded thinking sure. to me. It's like, it's so much more complicated than the way I think people are responding to this. 
Um, it just, it's, there's a lot more, there's many, many layers to it, in my opinion. Will Levis, Will Levis though, with Renegade playing. Oh, my oh, baby. God. Let him write oh, that down. Hey, Will just, Levis has got something to him. Yeah. I mean, that's that, what we're talking about. A little bit of was, shit. Bingo. That's that what we're talking about. And, and Brave saw what we all saw, because he's like, okay, you're the quarterback, and we're going to go from here. I mean, he, he's got, we all knew about the physical ability, but man, he, he showed some mocks. some mocks and some toughness and some ability to just pull, play with poise, you know, under fire. You got TJ Watt and. Why? <laughs> on a tee. Yeah, you did. It was great. Uh, yeah. Let's, uh, speaking of being on a tee, you know, this Georgia football team is so good. Oh, oh. So good. There's, there's a cause for barking around here. Yeah, and it's because right. them Bulldogs get on a football field and they win. Now, I mean, they're sitting out here in the rain right now, which we are very grateful for. Who knows what the weather's going to be tomorrow? Allegedly, a little bit of rain, a yeah. little bit of chill for, uh, for Georgia, like in the 50s or the 60s. What do you expect of the Georgia Ole Miss game tomorrow? And how should we feel about tomorrow morning's game day out here on the quad in beautiful Georgia? Every time we come here, college game day is always an epic scene. I mean, it, it, this, the location here, their fans that they have. I think you'll, you'll be very excited about the show tomorrow. Now, unless they've gotten spoiled with winning all these championships, sometimes you can lose your edge a little oh, bit. You don't want to become that. You don't want to become that. And this fan base, I, I, I don't think they've become that. But hopefully they won't for game day. He thinks he thinks you guys have. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> See you. Rat poison. Relief syndrome. Relief yeah. syndrome. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. where you just relief sets in. You know the last time in college football that we've had a back-to-back-to-back national champion? When is it? Tell us. No, I'm, I'm asking you, do you guys Minnesota, know? 1929. No, it was, it was like, it was Minnesota in the 30s. So, 39. Georgia's trying to 30. do something that hasn't been done in Maybe. almost 100 years. Last time you know, to really? try to win back-to-back to back, yeah. and they're right in position to be able to, to do that. I mean, the, the ball is in their court. They got some great, exciting games this week with Ole Miss. You got Tennessee, you got Georgia Tech, and you got Alabama. And I mean, and if you win those, you're in. We were talking in our meeting. If Georgia loses to Alabama, are they still in? Nope. They're not. Nope. They're, they're gone. Mm-hmm. So they, they, um, they are, they're a great team. They're a very different team than who they've been. When you had Jalen Carter and company that just said, okay, the game's over, just throw an offensive lineman. They, it's more of a collective effort than it's been in the past, but uh, still a great team. Kirby Smart continues to be relentless in his approach and how he does it. And this quarterback, uh, Carson Beck, he's different than Stetson Bennett, but uh, they're throwing the ball a lot more. And uh, to see Ladd McConkey come back to do what he's doing, um, man, it's a dangerous offense. And they're getting healthy at the right time, you know, for this stretch run. Calf tat on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I like that. I yeah. You know I, mean, it's I, mean? his whole, I just left a meeting with him. It's his, I think it's from the thigh down. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Yeah. Is that. Is that go stock even more? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Especially yeah, so it's like a sleeve. I guess it'd be like a sleeve. Leg on the sleeve. Because he wears short yeah. socks, too, to showcase oh, that yeah. thing, which I really let it breathe. Hey, Luke Mitchell has a calf tat. Yeah, it does. So any calf, if you have a calf tat, that means probably got boozed up, made a decision you yep. didn't want to make. So I like that. Of course. Could yeah, probably you that. may have had to run through like seven or eight dudes you probably had to knock yeah. out on the way there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's See what that. I'm talking about. Calf tat tells me a lot of things. And Carson Beck has it. That's why I was always a believer since the beginning. Sleep. And he's like six foot what? He's 
a monster. Huge. Like, huge. like, like he's bit, when you see him in person, you don't really appreciate it when you see him on TV. When you see him in person, you can tell he's been here four years in the strength and conditioning program. He is massive legs. Plus 1,200 right now to win the Heisman. You said he's got Ole Miss, Tennessee. Tennessee two big stages. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Alabama. That's so, three massive stages. And in if, the next four you, weeks. And if they run the table in those games and they're 13-0, and 0, Dare to dream. Why, his, why not? His odds last week were plus 2,500. Now it's plus 1,200. Oh, oh, you better get it now. That's what you I'm saying. Carson Beck is a good Heisman sprinkle right now, especially with what they have. Who, who, give me a name that's down in that plus 2,000 right now. Dan. Ollie Gordon, I think. That's, Ollie your, Gordon. that's your guy. Hey, I like what he's doing. Yeah. And they're comparing him to Derrick Henry's stats whenever Derrick Henry run the Heisman. Now we're a little different state of football with the running back maybe not being able to win the Heisman, that whole thing. But he's taking Oklahoma State to a completely different ballgame. But if Carson Beck runs the table yeah. right well, now, here's yeah. what's funny. He's is the Car- guy. Carson Beck could run the table, maybe potentially win the Heisman. And the best player in college football is on his team. And not he's, winning. And he's tied in. Brock Byers. Brock Byers, yeah. Kirby Smart told us earlier, don't know where he is yet health-wise, but he's certainly better than he was a week ago or two weeks ago. But coming back in the right time of year for Brock Bowers with Lad McConkey should be fantastic. Tone has a question for you. Yeah, I wanted to ask, ask you about the other big one in uh, Happy Valley this weekend. Oh, boy. So is, you They're hear, stealing you signs. Wanna, whoa. You want to hear these guys get excited. You, let's hear it for the Big Ten. You big, guys ten football. big Ten football. Big Ten football. Oh, yeah. Good to know, Chris. Thank you. Iowa Hawkeyes. You guys right. know all about the Hawkeyes. Is this one going to go the exact same as the Ohio State game where Penn State cannot score and Michigan just does enough against Penn State's defense where it's like a 21-10 game? Can Penn State score? The the biggest concern for me is not Drew Aller, who who struggled in that game. Wait, there's a stat about Drew Aller that just came out that is not good. He's like third down, 120th or so. Hold on, they can ask him just to throw it down the field now. He ranks, hey, hey, he ranks 121st in passing yards per completion. Yeah, Yeah, down. To put that into perspective, Iowa's at 113. (laughs) There you go. That that sums it up right there. But that that was exactly what I was going to say. Is it's again, we can look at Aller. It's fair, but. Tell me again who the receivers are that are going to yeah. get downfield. Tell me where K.J. Hamler is on this team right now. They, I don't see – now, they, they may have a guy that sh- steps up tomorrow. They didn't have it in Columbus. Now, playing at home helps them because you don't deal with the crowd noise. You don't deal with that, that third down craziness. So they got to get off to a good start. They got to take some shots downfield. They have great backs. They can run the ball. But the possession passing game – won't get it done against that Michigan defense. And by the way, we finally get to find out how good Michigan is. Agreed. You know, because we've well, talked about them. You got all this stuff on off the field stuff, but they're ex. What are they giving up? Five points a game. I mean, they're they're doing everything they can, but it's against inferior opponents. They have Penn State, they have Ohio State in a couple weeks. We're finally going to find out if they're real or if they're just playing against teams that they're just manhandling that aren't that good. And you have Maryland in between there, which You guys think they're real? Do you think they're real? I do think they're real. I think they're much yeah, better I than they've been. Legit. I think their defense is real for sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I think we're all in cons- Yeah, consensus. we'll see, though, what comes out of the Big Ten Conference today. Never what know. they're going to do. Jim Harbaugh Nothing on day to day. Anything going on? Well, I, I, was, I just say I won't bore you guys with the legalese because it's out of my threshold. But I think... 
you know, the the major line of delineation here is going to be whether or not, you know, Jim Harbaugh was aware of what Connor Stallions was doing. We know, you know, from the letter that basically they're, again, they're calling him a rogue agent. They're saying he had no idea, you know, what was going on. But, Dude, you um, got problems. Well, it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. Car. You well, got, you, the, I think your favorite word is Stallions. Right? Stallions. Stallions. I've, I've said it about 500,000 times in the last Did you hear me weeks. on game day last week whenever I said <laughs> yeah. Connor Stallions? First yeah. one. It's hard not to drop into the Pete Thamel. This has been his thing. He's been on top of it all. And Michigan's like, well, Pete's not covering the other side of this where everybody else is cheating. As the voice of college football for 28 years, that's you, with those blue eyes out of Ohio. And obviously you have Ohio State ties. What do you think this does for the Big Ten as a whole? Honestly, that's what the big conversation is like. Big Ten is the one outing one of their biggest brands. A team that could go in a natty this year. It's kind of the Big Ten that has been bringing this all to the forefront as opposed to maybe the NCAA or anybody else. It's a wild scene. It Not is. good for it anybody. Is. Unprecedented times, right? We've never seen or heard any of this, especially in season with, with a team involved that's arguably the top team in the country. So I've never seen a, a conference. Do you guys ever think of a conference needing to come down on one of its own teams? Now I don't know what the. Do you know what the punishment is? Has Pete said what he thinks the Him punishment? Him and Heather. Be? Yeah, Heather Dinich and I have been speculating three games potentially. But you know, but maybe, why? Not well, just the game. Where did you come up with that? Yeah, yeah. not ju- also you know practice and preparation during the week. Now Michigan will slap them with an injunction so that you know Coach Harbaugh can coach this weekend. But um, we're potentially looking at you know the next three games after that, which obviously would potentially be. Uh, you know, a Big Ten champion. Do you have a photographic game. memory? No. How do you how do you, how do you how do you do that? How do you how do you remember everything he says? <laughs> I mean, I don't. It's just no. He's just <laughs> saying what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. No. He does it also sounds listen to the call just Day podcast. Yeah. like yeah. him. Um, but I, uh, what the answer is? How it impacts the Big Ten? I think what the penalty is, what the reaction is, what Michigan does. Like, is this thing just continue to carry on? Um, what did you say? It's called a, a junction? Or what did you say? It's, uh, file for injunction. Oh, yeah. Injunction. They're going to file an injunction. Ju- injunction. Yeah. Correct. Um, can you imagine how messy this thing could be? Oh, uh-huh. buddy, especially with Ohio State cheating. Well, that's the thing. Ohio State's not cheating. Yeah, you oh, guys are. I heard. Oh, you two are going to get on your side. Why don't you stand up on your Hey, come on up. Let's get on our high horse. Let's get on our high horse. Come on. That's my chair. Come on. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, too bad. Mud. You got manure under on those boots? Yeah, I'm sorry. I've been I just want to shit kickers just, down here in Georgia. I don't know how it's become a, a, a deflection on And I've been, if you noticed, I haven't said anything about Michigan for three weeks. I haven't gotten involved in it. I talk about what's on the field because I don't know anything. I'm not Pete. I don't follow it. I don't really give yeah, a shit. I don't, I'd rather want to watch Michigan play Penn State. So I don't mess around with it. I don't know what you do with it because um, I don't know. So. But how people can just deflect and say it's Ohio State now that's cheating, I just think is, where are the facts on that? that, that that's asinine. Kirk, no, does it, does it matter? it's not okay. about that, Kirk. Kirk. Remember what I said yesterday? Does it matter how much of an impact it had for their punishment? Remember Michigan came out in that tweet and defended themselves saying, obviously it didn't do much for us. Our, our margin of victory has gone up since the Connor Stallions thing has come about. Like, does that even Ooh. matter, though, how Watch much it name? worked? Connor Stallions. Thank there you. it is. Thank you. I don't – I. If it doesn't work, whether it works or not, it's Herbie, still are they stealing signs in NCA 2K or not? Tell Is that something that can uh-huh. I can I bring Connor Stallions into my team on 2K? I don't know. That thing are they filming signs? Not. That's all you're caring about. Are they I filming not. signs? That's all that matters. Well, that, see, really? that's the thing. Like people have been trying since you know you played and you played. I mean, everybody's you played. Oh, I, mean, I played. Well, everybody's yeah. always been trying to yeah, pick well. up signs. 
But you if you're film, if you're filming it, it's that's just the, that's a different too much. That's a different allegedly. That's the allegedly. Pressure. I don't know if that's a fact. I have no idea what's real and what's not. Well, I'll tell you a fact, Herbie. You're the man. You've yes. been far too kind to us. Thank you for taking time out of your Friday to join us here. Thank in front you, guys. We'll Kirk. see you guys at dinner. I will say. Good dinner. Uh, I Who's will in say for dinner. Who's in here? Uh, yeah, Kirk. You're I'll out. be at dinner. You're there. Oh, where me at? Me and Bert. Are you gonna burn your steak? Baby duty. Oh, okay. Are you burning the steak, Kirk? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, yeah. Give me, give yeah. me up. extra. Well, yeah. I'll take well, the, the burn even more. I'll Heinz take the New York. I'll take the New York strip. Uh, no filet, like, filet. I'll take the filet like a burger, please. I want just that thing burnt. Medium all the well, way through. medium well to well done. Give yeah. me ketchup yeah. and American cheese on top of that. I want thing. either Heinz ketchup or A one sauce. Well, the, this guy with that giant pepper grinder you were messing with too. At that I'll tell you what, I liked the way that guy was really getting after it yeah. on that thing. Two handed it. The man that is joining the toxic table at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. And joining one half of the hammer, Don Cowboys Tone Diggs. And joining the college football national champion. What? Super Bowl champion. What? Ryder Cup winner. What? Number five overall pick. What? Father of ten. What? COVID survivor. What? President of Ohio. What? AJ Hawk is here. Now, they do care about that, AJ. AJ Hawk, AJ Hawk, Here we go. AJ Hawk, AJ Hawk, the Aaron James Hawk is a little too much. Yeah, well, Aaron James is going to take a little bit to settle in. These planes seem to be flying a little bit louder than I've ever heard them overhead. It's a beautiful day in Athens, and it's a beautiful conversation to be had with a man who used to roam this particular compass. Mm -hmm. So much so that he became an All-American. So much so he became the number one overall pick. Now he's a Super Bowl champion, a Hall of Famer cemented in the NFL, quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams, University of Georgia legend, ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. What's up, guys? They're barking at you, Matt. That's a, there's a lot of that over here, Matthew. It's a beautiful thing. I like that. I like that. I miss that bark. That's a good bark. Yeah, everybody, it's a nice, easy thing if you're a fan. Like, if your team is the Bulldogs, like, what do you guys do to each other? We just, you know what I mean? Not too much to learn, you know? Simple stuff. We keep it simple for those guys down there. Well, it's smart. And uh, obviously, we were friends with somebody that you were friends with, still are for a long time. And that was my first experience with Georgia when the Coonan family took me to the SEC championship. And, you know, they happen to know some people. I saw billionaires on their hands and knees, barking. It's a great fan base. And obviously they've had great football here for a long time, including whenever you were here. Let's talk about what you have going on right now. On a bye week, obviously we got a lot of football left in the season. How are you feeling? How's the bye week going, Matthew? Bye week's been good. Just uh, relaxing down here in uh, Southern California. That's the nice thing about living out here is you don't have to go too far for the bye. I'm not hopping on a plane. So uh, just relaxing. Body's feeling decent. Um, trying to get the thumb and, and all that back uh, up to speed and ready to go for uh, Seattle when we get back. Let's talk about the thumb a little bit. Obviously, Ripon playing quarterback. The Packers are very thankful for that. Nobody oh, yeah. wants to see you uh, under center, and that's a difficult thing for a backup quarterback to have to fill in for somebody like you. How is the thumb? What are the progressions, and where do you think you are right now without giving away any competitive advantage, obviously? Yeah, thumb's feeling better than, better than I thought it would. Um, I was I – was, a little bit scared in the Dallas game that it was going to be worse than it was and just happy that it's not. Um, I'm going to do everything I can to be out there. Uh, I love playing this game and, and love competing, so uh, I'm going to do, uh, do whatever I need to do to be out there. Okay, let's talk about that because 
your Hall of Fame resume is cemented. Okay, Super Bowl champion. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dog. Yeah. Thank you. I think three of the top five best years a wide receiver has had has come with Matthew Stafford throwing him the pill. Yeah, I mean, that's do. just uh, an impressive thing. So whenever you have the injuries that you've had, I mean, we've seen you play with like a broken neck, broken ribs, spleen, shoulder dislocated, back. the NFL ribs. back. I mean, you're, you're wealthy. Whenever you were drafted number one overall in 2009, you were given a $700 million guaranteed before you even got in there. But it feels like that is not important to you at all. With the way the Rams are looking going into this season, we thought to ourselves, maybe Stafford hangs it up. Yeah. Maybe he's kind of done. Injury last year, does he still want to continue to play? Four kids. Why do you continue to play? And are you going until the wheels fall off? Is that just the type of dude you are here, Matt? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I'll go until the wheels completely fall off. They're, uh, they're wobbling a little bit right now as we speak, but... Uh... No, I, uh, I love playing this game. I love competing. Um, I love being in the locker room with the guys. Uh, I'll never get that again, so I want to make sure I get as many opportunities to do that as I can. Uh, I love this team. I love the, you know, the city. Um, it's been a blast. Obviously, had a bunch of success in our first year and, and trying to duplicate that uh, you know, either this year, next year, whenever it is. But uh, I, I enjoy playing too much to, to hang it up. Let's talk about Coach McVay and you's relationship. Why is he the perfect guy for you at this stage of your career? And what have you kind of learned from him or maybe him learned from you to kind of meld together? Yeah, I mean, I've learned a lot from him. Um, you know, we're similar age. I think he's about a year year older than me. So that's a, a whole lot of fun for me to come into the office every day, work, work with a guy that, uh, you know, we grew up doing all the same stuff. Um, know all the same things and then just to be able to pick his brain I mean he's such a special mind when it comes to football uh, it's been a, a blast getting to work with him and uh, I don't know if he's learned anything from me but uh, I do enjoy getting to work with him and he's uh, he's a high energy guy um, and, and a fun guy to be around. Dan Orlovsky told us that you were watching film with him one time and uh, you had the laser pointer and you said <laughs> you see that throw right there Dan you can make that one. You see that end zone right there? You can run out of the back of that one. You see that throw <laughs> right there? You can make that one. This one right here, though, you can't make. Not a lot of people can. And I think it showcased, like, uh, a confidence in your arm. You're old now. Old as shit. Yeah. Uh -huh. You yeah. are old yeah. as shit. Now, you haven't been here in 13, 14. It's been a long time since you were a college guy. We got to watch you when you came and played the Colts. Buddy, what you do with a football... <laughs> is phenomenal <laughs> absurd do you feel like you're still throwing it the best you've thrown it and how often do you look at a ball that you throw and go damn still nice to be able to put it into an absolute keyhole like i have to uh i don't know that i still throw it the way i did you know five ten years ago but i think it's good enough um i appreciate uh, the compliment the indie game you guys got yourself a guy that can spin it too anthony richardson is uh he's fun to watch man holy cow but uh i uh no i don't know i I enjoy it, man. I think it's uh, it's fun. I, I feel like I could, you know, still do it. Got some good ball out there, so uh, I'm gonna keep doing it. You hit one. There was this little crossing route. Puka. Puka. You, yeah. Hey, why'd you and Puka so quick? What was that about Puka? Because we lose Cooper, and then Puka comes in, and then now you got both of them. Why did you and Puka have such a quick connection? You think? Well, you know, Coop was out in training camp a lot of it with, uh, you know, with some injuries and stuff. So I, I was forced to work, you know, with what we had. And, and Puka, obviously a young guy, man, uh, just came in and did a hell of a job. He kind of does it all. He's a big physical guy, can run, makes, you know, uh, makes people miss after the catch, physical player. So um, some guys are just easy to throw to. And he does a great job with his body language and then goes up and makes plays. I mean, you watch the first play of that indie game and I click back through a progression and threw a ball that he ended up one-handed to himself. So he's uh, yeah, he's got I some skill. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some skill, and uh, it's uh, 
it's fun. You know, I, I enjoy working with all the old guys, but also with some of these young guys too that are coming in trying to make a name for themselves. Oh yeah, young guys. We heard on your uh, yeah, we heard yeah. on the podcast that you can't relate to these young guys. <laughs> uh, uh, you're old. You're old as wow. shit. We heard that. Is that is, obviously that got blown out of proportion with everything? Yes. And I believe your wife was taken out of context with what she was speaking about on that particular podcast. But since when I was a rookie and I retired six years ago, we came in the same year. From my rookie yeah. year to eight years in, the locker room had changed like the players have changed the humans have changed how much of that evolution have you seen and what is it like trying to relate to a completely different crew of humans at this stage of your career yeah i mean it's changed completely i mean uh you know when we walked when we got into a locker room in 2009 what it used to look like and it definitely looks a whole lot different now but i'm having a blast i'm learning a bunch uh about you know what people do these days what the young guys do and and uh at the end of the day it's football and uh people appreciate guys that show up work their ass off and, and go out there and make plays. And, and we got a bunch of guys on our team that do that. Uh, I hope they respect that about me. And, and um, I do love coming to work every single day. Man, they bring a lot of great energy, which is fun to be around. Hey, we appreciate Kelly's pod, too. Big oh, fan. Yeah. She's a badass. Oh, yeah. Absolute badass. Yeah. She is. She says what she wants, as we know. <laughs> hey, I love it. She's earned that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anybody that goes no through doubt. what she's gone through and got to the other side of it, you can do whatever the hell you want, Kelly. AJ has a question <laughs> for you, Matthew. Uh, Matthew, we've talked about your toughness, and that's, uh, I think, something that your teammates obviously have so much respect for you and your opponents. But... Sean McVay and this guy's level of toughness. I, I'm sure you do remember last year. I don't, I don't know the exact player's name. I'm forgetting it right now. He almost knocked your coach stone cold out oh, when yeah. he was running onto the field. And McVay turns around, boom, takes a serious shot that would definitely put a player in concussion protocol. Do you guys still talk about that? And you uh, talk to McVay and say, hey, man, that might have been your best piece of coaching. Yeah, he, uh, he did take a lick. He uh, got a little cut, I believe. I mean, he, uh, he warriored through that. He's uh He's a really smart guy, but he's a meathead, you know, at his mm. core. So he probably loved that contact combo. and uh, probably wished he could have, you know, gone out there, put the helmet on and laced him up right there. Yeah, but he didn't have like, have you watched those NFL films of yourself, dude? Where you're on, ha, oh. ha, 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 <laughs> and then you get out there and then you have to throw it and everybody's happy. Ha, ha, ha. You're a different breed, bro. You are. You're a very well, different breed in this entire thing. Well, I appreciate it. I, I mean, like I said, I, uh, I love playing. I love competing. You know, some of my favorite guys growing up to watch were Favre and, and Aikman and all those guys. And, and, and that's what they did. And they played through whatever um, just to be out there for their team and, and for their teammates. So I, I try to do that as much as I possibly can. Obviously, missed last week. Hate that. Hate not being able to play at Lambeau. I love playing there. But uh, hopefully I'll be back out on the grass next week. Yeah, Lambeau is happy you weren't there. Yeah. Tone has a question for you. Yeah, Matthew, obviously right. you guys signed uh, Carson Wentz this week. Do you know Carson, or what's the process when you got when you sign? Because you've had plenty of backup quarterbacks. Are you guys going to go hunting together? What's the process when you bring in a guy <laughs> like Carson? Uh, I don't think we'll have any hunting trips uh, you know, set up for the next eight weeks or so, but we'll see. I, I do know Carson just a little bit from meeting him before and after games, but haven't spent much time with him off the field. Um, I think he's... I think he's, uh, his wife is pregnant and, and pretty close to having a baby at this, at this point. So uh, I'll connect with them when we get back, uh, you know, after the bye week, wishing them uh, the best of luck on that. But uh, excited, you know, obviously to, to work with a guy that, uh, you know, is a heck of a player, a top draft pick, a guy that has a ton of talent. So it'll be a lot of fun. He's, he's, he was wild to watch with the Indianapolis Colts. Wait until you see, if he gets in. And we don't know what the state of you is. Not going to put you in that particular predicament. But, like, 
He's, his great football, incredible. So good. And then all of a sudden, he'll be trying to break both of his legs on one play, and then he just gets up and goes right up. He has a lot of you in him, to be honest with you. It's a, yeah. lot, of, it's a lot of you, but he'll give the ball to the other team more than you will. And to Brett Favre earlier, you mentioned his name. That was a compliment. Yes, yeah, correct. Just so, yes. just so Brett knows, that was a compliment from everybody from this particular program. <laughs> no lawsuits needed. Ty has a question for you. Yeah, Matthew, as a Packers fan, you know, when you left the division, although you guys didn't have a ton of success, against the Packers I was pretty jacked up that you were no longer in Detroit but going from Detroit to LA now I'm guessing with young kids and your wife I don't think they were bitching about leaving Detroit to go and live in LA <laughs> but uh, no. how difficult was it adapting from just you know living in Detroit and being there for so long for most of your adult life and then going to LA like was that more difficult than you anticipated or no um, it was a huge move. There's no question about it. We started thinking about, we got schools, we got to figure out housing, all that kind of stuff, just trying to figure all that out. And, uh, we were so comfortable in Detroit, been there for 12 years. Um, and, and having that move was, was big. Um, my kids adapted like you just, just like you think they would. Um, Kelly's loving it out here, but, uh, I do have great friends and people that I miss back in Detroit. So, um, you know, as long as we're not playing them, I'm happy for their success, happy for that team's success. They'll always, uh, you know, have a, a place in, in my heart. I'm, I'm always pulling for him. We appreciated the fact that for a very long time, you never spoke about the situation in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're an old school football player. It feels like that from just watching from the outside in. There's a lot of years where a lot of different quarterbacks would potentially come out and say, get me the hell out of Detroit. Okay, I, I can't win a Super Bowl here. All people are judged about for Hall of Fames is, well, how many Super Bowls did you win? How many Super Bowls did you win? Then you go to L.A., first year, Super Bowl, we're in commercials, yep. the whole world knows you. Was there any moment where you were thinking to yourself, I wish I could have been able to do this in Detroit, and I wish maybe we would have did this five years ago when I was still doing that, when you made the change over there? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, I, when I first got to Detroit, man, all I wanted to do was bring that city a championship. I wasn't able to do it. I felt terrible about that, but I wouldn't have changed any of the 12 years that I had there for anything. I, I think I learned a lot about myself, a lot about my family, a lot about, um, you know, who I am as a player, and, and uh, I think I'm better for it. It was tough. There's no question about it, but uh, I think everything happens for a reason. I was sure happy to get to L.A., get a ring. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, sneak another one here or there um, in the next couple of years. But uh, uh, I think it all happens for a reason. And, and um, I wouldn't have traded my time in Detroit for anything. There's a guy who's from that area who's a diehard Lions fan who became a Rams fan whenever you left because he oh, loves yeah. you. He's in the truck. His name's Evan Fox. He has something to say. Matthew, first and foremost. Thank you for your service yeah. in Detroit. Hell you yeah. are by far that, my favorite Detroit athlete in my lifetime. And speaking of all this stuff about Detroit, what's something about that city or city or the state of Michigan as a whole that doesn't necessarily get talked about enough or get enough credit necessarily? Yeah, I mean, obviously my favorite thing about the, the city and the, and the town was just the people, to be honest. Like, I used to love going out to dinner. You, you just ran into solid people all over the place, people that were willing to help you, um, you know, people that were willing to band together. When I first got there in 2009, city was coming out of bankruptcy and watching it go from what it was in 2009 to when I left a couple of years ago, man, the, the, just the come together of that group, man, that city is, is, uh, is a tight-knit group. Um, I think you feel it in their fan base. And uh, player, I felt that. And as a member of the city, I felt that. And uh, that's something that I don't think gets talked about a lot. Everybody talks about the shitty weather. Everybody talks about this, that, and the other. But I'll tell you what, it's, uh, it's a great group of people that, uh, you know, 
we miss and, and uh, still, are, still are close buddies with a lot of them. Speaking of missing, I think this place certainly misses uh-huh. you being around here. As soon as you popped up on the screen, they started barking pretty loud. It's been raining all morning. They've just been hanging out out here. Tell us what we're <laughs> going to experience tomorrow with uh, Georgia football happening in a big way here. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. That's a hell of an atmosphere as well. I, uh, I loved playing there. Um, you know, enjoyed every minute of it. And I know those people behind you are me screaming, you know, their heads off for the dogs tomorrow. I don't know if any of them remember when I used to play there. It's been 15 years now, but uh, it's, uh, it's probably a, a different group of fans out there. But, man, enjoy it. It's going to be an awesome time. Uh, it should be loud and, and uh, it should be a great game. Hey, last question before we let you go. Enjoy your bye week and thank you for spending time. There was never a thought of you, – you've said in the next couple of years a few times here – there was never a thought of stopping playing football, huh? never a thought of retirement. Because didn't you have a neck thing? Yeah, a spine. Neck, a spine yeah. thing? I mean, you had some real shit happen that could have, like, long-term effects. Never a conversation, never a thought? A uh, conversation with my, with my wife, for sure, uh, with Kelly. You know, she, she wants to make sure that, uh, that I'm good in the long run, and so do I. Um, but uh, once I got kind of assured that, hey, man, this, this thing is going to calm down, you'll be fine, um, you should be, you know, as good as new uh, next season, I was, I was ready to go. Um, but at this point in my career, there's no question I'm, you know, I'm on the tail end of it. But uh, I do still love playing, man. It's too much fun out there on Sundays and, and uh, going to work every day. Well, from what it sounds like, you're going to be able to do whatever the hell you want after football. You're acting in that commercial. So oh, good. So Unbelievable. <laughs> so good. Top tier. And obviously, Thanks, boys. He, yeah, no problem. Obviously, here you're fantastic. You want to guess uh, score for tomorrow, Georgia Ole Miss here happening in Athens? Oh, man. Uh, let's go, uh, I think it's going to be a, a high-scoring affair. Let's go 35-31 dogs. Okay. okay. A little closer yeah. than the – hey, Ole Miss covers. Yeah, covered the spread. Ole Miss covers is what this man said. Uh, I appreciate what you've done for football. The way you carry yourself is great for everybody. You're the man. Uh, enjoy the hell out of your bye week. Please tell the family we said hello. And Four kids is a lot of kids. Keep going, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Y'all enjoy Athens. Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Stafford. What an absolute dog. I don't know who's trying to get some free promotion here on the back here. No line, no weight. That means your place sucks. Uh Uh-oh. I don't want to be the one that says that, but no line normally means nobody's coming. Yep, that's right. Well, let's change that. Let's change that. Okay, uh, what place is it? Do we see the... Oh, let's get Taffer in there. Uh, Take five, oil changes. Oh, okay. Shout out. Hey, go go get the oil check. That's right. For no boys ever. No line, no wait. That's perfect. Nobody's been there ever, but you guys need to come get a line and maybe make this whole thing happen. I love Matthew. The man. I can't believe we got him on the program. Yeah. That was sweet. First time. Long time coming. Long time. They're big fans of his. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was drafted same class as him, uh, 221 picks later. Same class. He got 65 million guaranteed. I got (laughs) 45,000. He's still playing. I've been retired for six years. He's one of one, bro. He comes from Texas, where football is football. Then he comes over here to Georgia. He gets given a king's ransom back in then old CBA. You know, your number five overall pick. You. I mean, you're still living off that money. That's right. But there's numerous times where he could have, yeah, you. I'm talking about how wealthy you are since you got drafted number five overall, let alone him at number one overall. But he, there's numerous times he could have retired, chose not to. That's like football guy through and through right there. I love everything about Matthew Stafford. Wait. I think all you got to do is watch some of those clips that you'd mentioned to him. Oh, we got the shoulder, shoulder one. We got the shoulder arm, one, I think, in the back. broken back. Like, I played against Matthew Stafford plenty of times when I was in Green Bay. The guy... You can't put him away. Like, it doesn't matter. He's going to keep coming and keep throwing. He seems like he put up 400 on us every time we played the guy, and he's tough as nails. 
old school throwback dude that will not quit. He's about to get absolutely slaughtered here. Yep. Boom, bang. Look at that. You'd be throwing out the game now, wouldn't you? Sir, for oh, yes. Kidding me? Mosley would have been ejected from the NFL. Instead, he gets a separated shoulder. Oh, it's uh, is it a touchdown? No, he stepped out of bounds. Going to have to do another play here. And then he gets back in. Ha, ha, don't touch me, don't touch me. It's like that play right there, this moment, he would have been carted off in 2023. Mm -hmm. They would have had 10 doctors around him yep. yeah. telling him you can't do it. But Matthew Stafford, at this point, he, he's got $100 million in the bank, too, at this point. Mm -hmm. okay? yeah. He's already figured it all out. There's a lot of people that would just tap out, quit. Oh, Chose not to. And this is just one of, like, 50 clips that Matthew Stafford has of getting ragdolled, beat up, and continuing to play. That's why I will have... Forever respect for the guy because he's tough and he's a dog through and through, Todd. Yeah, and I think that's why everyone, when he won a Super Bowl, was, like, happy for him. Like, you didn't hear anyone, you know, like, throwing shots at him or, or bitching about it or anything like that because of what he went through in Detroit for so long and how tough he is. Like, when, when, that, when the Rams won that Super Bowl, everyone was just like, yeah, Matt, Matt Stafford deserves this. This is awesome. And I think a lot of that was because people were like, man, Detroit sucks. Yeah, yeah. he almost killed him. Yeah. Foxy, you didn't deserve that at all. All the people were saying that about your place. Yeah, no, but it's true. And now I, I think about Matthew all the time because he sees how the Lions team is built now with that incredible offensive line, incredible run game, and he's like, where the hell was that my 12 years in Detroit? So it's interesting. But I love that guy. He's grit through and through. Yeah, how about him saying, too, like, yeah, don't, don't spin it as well as I used to. I, I mean, we just saw him a couple he weeks does. ago. Yeah, yes, he, he was does. throwing it all over the yard into buckets. Uh, and I think Aaron, one of our first conversations with him when he was – because everybody said Patrick Mahomes brought no-look passes yeah. into the NFL, remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. And Aaron Rodgers was like, uh, okay, let's go ahead and maybe slow it. And he said, I'm not the only one, by the way. There's a guy up in Detroit that's been no-look passing yep. since college, pretty yeah. much. Everybody has respect for his arm talent. Everybody has respect for his toughness. And I think a lot of that came from going to school right here in Athens, Georgia. Yeah. The University of Georgia. Thank you to today's sponsor, SeatGeek, the best ticket-buying platform on planet Earth. And the, the moon. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are 70,000 events every single day. On SeatGeek. Yeah, we Whoa. checked it out. That's right. Including concerts, Fight. sports, Fight. festivals, Fight. and more. And football season is here, and they got a special promo. Use code PAT30 to get $30 off football tickets. That's any NFL or any college football purchase. Does not matter if you've bought on there before or if you're a new customer. Get $30 off. I don't know if you're going to be able to get into this particular game. I think it is sold out. Yeah. But wherever you are, get a gift. It's a holiday season coming up. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live. Speaking of. It's time for us to live and make all of our picks, A.J. Hawk. Let's do the entire slate against the spread. Although you were on a hot streak, you've beat me in the last two weeks, this is the week that we go completely perfect yep. whenever we're picking these games. Yes. Let's start in Germany. Colts, Patriots. Colts favored by one and a half or two, depending on the book that you're getting it at. Uh, Conman, how do you feel about this? No Trent Brown starting left tackle. No J.C. Jackson. I believe no Jack Jones. Uh, I feel basically what Bill felt when he walked out of that house. What was that? 
probably just, you know, breath reeking, not feeling good, probably need some electrolytes, you know, things that you need to recover. I, I'm already planning my recovery for after the devastation I'm going to wake up with on Sunday. There was a chance that we were going to hop on a plane directly from Athens to get to Frankfurt, Germany Whoa. to potentially watch this game. Nine-hour flight. Ooh, Wasn't necessarily okay. signing up the, on the backside after <laughs> yeah. the game yeah. of that, but it should be electrifying in Germany. Obviously, 1.5 million people were trying to buy tickets. AJ, who do you got? How do you got it? Man, I don't know if I have picked the Colts yet this year, but I think this is the week. Give me the Colts minus Maybe. one and a half in Frankfurt, Germany. Picking against the Patriots, I think will make everybody happy. Give me the Colts, obviously. The Browns versus the Ravens. Uh, Browns getting six and a half points going into Baltimore. That defense against Lamar Jackson, how do you think it bodes? Man, this is a tough one. I don't know what you think about it, but I love the Browns. I love what the Ravens have been doing lately. You know what? Give me the Browns here. Wow. Deshaun finds a way. The, the defense does enough. Maybe gets one or two turnovers for Cleveland. Interesting Hembo stat here. Lamar has faced a Jim Schwartz defense twice, week four and once in 2020. His teams combined for 58 points, and he's posted a QBR of 76. I don't know what that stat means, but it does sound like they score. Yeah. Lamar does the thing against Jim. Give me the Ravens. I will, take, I will take the Ravens. Yeah, it's a Hembo stat. Really? Yeah, why? I just feel like we haven't had a Hembo stat. Well, there's been a couple that I didn't fully understand. I didn't want to ask a follow-up. <laughs> oh. So there's, there's a lot of that, too. I'm a little bit dumb. He's super smart. He sends over a stat. I say, that's awesome. And then I read it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what it means. Let's go to the next one. Uh, Texans, Bengals. Bengals favored by six. You can get six and a half with the Houston Texans. Joey B with Jamar Chase, who's playing. T. Higgins is out. Yep. That is a matter of a fact at this particular point. Six and a half or six. What do you got, A.J.? So, Conman, is everybody uh, healthy for the Bengals' defense? I believe so. Yeah, they have no injuries really. All right, Hendrickson, Hubbard coming off the edge. The rest of that talent they have, give me the Bengals at minus six. Give me the Bengals as well, even though I love the Houston Texans. just feels like the Bengals is the Bengals right now, so you got to roll with them. Let's go Niners, Jags. Michael Lombardi likes the Niners down in Jacksonville. He's actually said Trevor Lawrence doesn't play his best ball at home. It's normally on the road. Jags getting three after a five-hour or six-hour flight for the Niners down to do. Ball, Connie, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I know Michael Lombardi is heavy on the Niners here. I'm taking the Niners. Chase Young, Bosa coming off the edges. Ooh. I want to see what that looks like. And Brock Purdy's going, correct? Is Trent Williams back? He I don't did, know if he, he was is. Practicing. Debo sounds to be back, right? Debo is yeah. back. Yeah. If Trent sure. is practicing, that means he's back. Mm -hmm. yeah. Offensive lineman. Him and Kittle were vibing yesterday. Okay. So. Dancing? Yeah, oh, yeah. Dancing? Yeah, not it, with like a boom box or anything, but just out on the practice field, you know, kind of yucking it up. Uh, did not practice on Wednesday. Limited practice yesterday for Trent Williams. That feels like, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Close. If Trent's back, I'm on the Niners. If Trent is not back, I'm on the Jags. I would like to add that little caveat. Okay. I got Niners no matter what. Okay. You got I got Niners with Trent. You got Niners no matter what. I'll take Doug Peterson and the Jags at home if Trent Williams is not playing. Let's go Saints-Vikings. Three-point spread. Saints favored on the road. Josh Dobbs, who has spoken about the end of his run at Arizona in a hilarious fashion. John Gaines says, hey, don't worry. You're a starter next week. I appreciate everything you've done. You won't be getting traded. Oh. <laughs> Two days later, he's out the door. They're already lying to players over there. Kyler Murray's back. How will that go? We shall see later in the pick. Do you like Josh Dobbs and the Vikings getting three at home against the Saints? This doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, it's tough for me. I don't. Can Josh Dobbs recreate the magic? Is it going to be easier now that he knows more of the playbook? That's what I think personally. Yep, give me the Vikings. I'll, get, I'll take the Vikings as well. Saints favored in Minnesota. 
Why is that? Is there injuries around Minnesota? Or? No, I think it's just because of the lack of they probably uh, trust think he, in Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Do they think it was just a one-off like fluke game he had? The Pastronauts only getting smarter. Yep. Give me the Vikings no. at home, even though I like the Saints. Good work. Packers, Steelers. This is old school football. Hell yeah. Ty Schmidt, Packers getting three and a half going into Akersher. Your thoughts? Uh, Jair Alexander back on the injury report. So a lot of young cornerbacks. I mean, I, I don't know. It's same deal. Like the Packers won last week, but it was against Brett Rippon. It wasn't against Matt Stafford at the at you know in Akersher. I, I I don't know. I mean, it, the under I think is the play here. I don't know about the the game as a whole. I can't see the Packers. Tone Diggs. There was somebody that had a fire candidate uh, sign here earlier today. This thing has been in Utah. It's been in Georgia. It's yep. been in Pittsburgh. Right. He was down on the field last week. He'll be back on the field this week. He said him and George Pickens, who deleted every Steelers thing off of his social media after the last game, are just fine. Yeah. You think Steelers minus three is the right way to go, Tone? Yeah, I mean, two franchises who do things basically the same exact way and are coming off the same situation, trying to replace Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and their offenses both kind of stink right now. But Matthew America is now on the field, okay? And George Pickens, that's just wide receiver stuff. That's going to happen. So, yeah, yeah, I like the boys at the shirt. Okay. Uh, AJ, do you like Tone, or are you with the Packers, the team that you're the all-time leading tackler for? Man. I like the Packers here, plus three and a half. They, their defense has to find a way to get a few turnovers. You had to do that. Same Give me TJ White and the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. Those terrible tiles are going to be going. When Renegade hits, who knows how Jordan Love's going to yeah, respond. Exactly. Is it going to be the same as Will Levis, or is Jordan Love going to maybe not be able to back it up? And you said similar situations trying to replace all of Fame quarterbacks. Ben had to retire. Green Bay forced one of them out. Yep. That's uh, that's a little bit of a different situation. Maybe the football gods aren't blessing them right now. And Jordan Love has to go now. I mean, like, we already heard it. Like, they don't know if he's the guy for the future. So he, he needs to start playing well, and he needs to start playing well right now. Give me the Steelers. Uh, let's go Titans, Bucks. Titans getting one and a half. Lombo said he likes Vrabel going into Tampa Bay. What do you think, AJ? I like Vrabes as well here. And the Titans, it's a bit of a surprise, I think, that they are underdogs, I guess, just because they're on the road. Is that the only reason? Aren't they, the Bucks oh, on the bike, shake and bike, bike. Shake and bike, bike. Titans haven't won or covered away from Nashville yet. Okay, give me Titans plus one and a half. I like Will Levis as well, even though I also like Baker Mayfield. I think this Titans team's different with Will under the helm. He's got the moxie, yeah. he's got a little juice. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget about Derrick Henry. Uh, Falcons, Cardinals. Kyler Murray back for the cards. Falcons, we just had Artie Smith on. These people loved it. Yes. Yeah. These Woo. people love Artie Smith. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They should. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Artie Smith. Artie Smith. Artie Smith. Artie Smith. I hear it. Artie Smith. They're, There's a they're few of them. Another There's a few of them. Stuff. Yeah, they did suck. Hey, that's life in the NFL. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, you like the cards or the Falcons' favorite? In Arizona. I like the Falcons. I've been picking them the last few weeks. Give me the Falcons minus one and a half. Give me the Falcons minus one and a half as well because it feels like not a lot of people are on Artie's side. Artie, we'll ride with you, pal. Even though Kyler Murray, I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, fan of the program too. Yeah. I do believe. Really? So we appreciate that. Good luck in your start back. I think it's going to take a little bit. Give me the Falcons. Lions, Chargers, Lions favored by three in Los Angeles. This is MCDC versus Brandon Staley. 405, primetime game. Congratulations to Foxy. It's the yeah. brand new Lions. Hell yeah. Foxy, people are going to watch this game. What are they going to watch, AJ? 
I think they're going to watch uh, Jared Goff and the Lions move up and down the field on these guys. So give me the Lions minus three on the road. I like MCDC in this one. Even though we picked against Brandon Staley last week strictly because it was Brandon Staley and they showed up and did their thing. In this particular one, I'm picking MCDC. What were your, uh, your flustered? I'm sorry. I just saw the next game yeah. spread. <laughs> Absurd. Biggest Giants thing. at Dallas. 17 or 17 and a half point spread in the NFL in week 10. They're all professionals. Wow. The quarterback for the Giants is making $40 million. He is out because yeah. he blew his ACL out on a non-contact play. Must say about Daniel Jones, tore his ACL, stepped back in the huddle, stepped back under center, yeah. tried to do a pass, dropped back, gave out again. He's a dog. Beast. I don't know how great he is on the football field. I don't know how happy the Giants fans are that they gave him $40 million a year and everything like that. But I will talk about him in a tough manner because that's what he displayed against the Raiders. 17 points is a lot of them. AJ, are you going to take the Cowboys or not? Man, I want to take them just because I want to see a team cover, but what do you think? Don't you think this Giants defense might find a way to get after them a little bit? Yeah, but then you think about the Cowboys defense. Yeah. Give me the Cowboys minus 17. Me too, just because it's hilarious to say that. Is it the yep. biggest one all year by yes, far? Yes, thus far. It might get bigger, though. We have no idea where some of these shitty teams will head to with a lot of backup quarterbacks Very playing true. football right now. Yeah, I don't know if they've played in Philly yet, but if they play in Philly and it's still Tommy DeVito, Timmy DeVito, whatever. It's Tommy. Tommy is his name, Come you on, scumbag. Tommy. Okay, Tommy, it'll probably be 20 points. Hey, by the way, no boo when you talk there. It feels like they're losing it. Washington Commanders, Seattle Seahawks, six and a half point spread or eight and a half? Six. Six and a half point spread. Seahawks favored at home after a six hour flight for the Washington Commanders in same how. AJ Hawk, how do you see it going? Man, I want to take the Commanders here, but I just don't love picking them, especially after getting rid of Chase Young. I like Seattle at home. Give me that. And Sweat. Give me Seattle as well. And then the Sunday night football matchup, one that we've all been dreaming about. Yeah. The New York Jets. Play that Fireman Ed video of the plane ride out to Las Vegas. The vibes are high, even though they all think Zach stinks. Look at what Fireman Ed did at 30,000 feet. Over here in the back by the shitter, up front, first class, huh? Can't hear you. Can't hear you. Fireman Ed still has his fastball even at 42,000 feet in a plane not filled with Jets fans. I'm assuming there were some people that were certainly disappointed that a man was screaming on their flight to Las Vegas. If that's flight home from Las Vegas, he's probably getting beat up and put in a trash can because <laughs> yep. how miserable everybody is on their way out of Sin City. Uh, Tone, I believe you have something Yeah, here. I have a stat on this one. Uh, interim coach, game one, 100%. Okay, Game two, they lose every single time. Just, just a, That's a matter of fact. Really? really? I think they're 0-7, 0-8 or something like that. Oh, the juice wears off, maybe. Yeah. Huh. But this Raiders team, Antonio Pierce, might be different. Don't let previous outcomes affect future predictions, AJ. Well this said. is a new game, new team, new setup, especially against the Jets team that appears to be pretty inept in a lot of facets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's against the Jets team who, you know, we're pretty confident they're not going to light up the scoreboard and, you know, score a ton of points offensively. Give me the Raiders here. Man, Raiders, are, are the dogs or they're the favorite? Dog, uh, dogs. dogs. Yeah, obviously. Either way, give me the Raiders. I think they still. Have I think enough both magic teams are potentially thing. dogs, depending upon where you. Bet. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you can get a both. Right. Yeah, it yeah. seems like it's a pick 'em. Yeah, give me the Raiders at home. Are you kidding me? Sunday night, that place is going to be rocking. Nick, pull that coin up, please. I know this is a hammer down <laughs> thing, <laughs> but this one feels like it calls for it here. Yes. Uh, all rise for the honorable coin, please. For those that don't know, this coin is on a heater. Mm -hmm. It picked the Rangers to win last night. Hockey is awesome. It won. The coin will pick 
this particular matchup. Heads will be the Raiders at home. Tails will be the Jets away. Please flip the coin. Let's go flip. Flip this up. What is it? Yeah, we can't see that. What is it? Your mics are off. You're the audio guy. Tails. Okay. Oh. Jets on the road. Okay. All right, I got the New York football Jets. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you, Coin. Thank you, Nick. Thank you to everybody. And now it is time for AJ Hawk to win a thousand bucks for some people. Yes. Here we go. Come on. Now, DoorDash is obviously one of the greatest inventions in the history of anything. Go ahead and scan this and get yourself right on the DoorDash app and see what incredible restaurants are near you. Not just restaurants, by the way. I got underwear this week from DoorDash. Really? Yeah, you can get groceries. What? You can do everything. They're the greatest app of all time. Go ahead and use them not only today, but every single day. We appreciate the hell out of them getting on board. Now, AJ, for the good of DoorDash and for the good of some of these fine fine folks that have stood out in the rain all morning mm -hmm. with us here in beautiful Athens, Georgia. Why don't you bury a shot? Tone Diggs, why don't you pick a sign that could potentially win 1,000 bucks here if AJ buries this? This zero day since we said fuck on ESPN looks like it took a lot of time to make, so. All right, my man right down here, what's your name, pal? Brian Dukes. Brian Dukes here. Like that. Loves the dogs, loves the show. AJ, if you bury this particular shot, Brian Dukes will win $1,000 on this field. Good. Friday! No good. Oh. It is a makeable shot, although neither of us had. Uh, practicing during all commercial break and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Ty Schmidt, pick a sign, please. Uh, let's do the uh, driving on I-285 is harder than getting into Ole Miss. Okay. I like that. 285 is no joke. Traffic's That's right. crazy. That's right. He's crazy. And I don't know about the Ole Miss academia, but it seems like it is pretty simple to get in there. Mm -hmm. AJ, you could potentially win old buddy $1,000. Go, dogs! Oh, I will pick a sign. I'm doing the shout out Sam and McKenzie, one in the back, wife and baby. Why don't you get that man a thousand dollars? No, it seems AJ. Like, all right. You hate my fucking wife? Yeah, what's yeah. the deal? That's my six month old baby's on that sign. Honker. Connor, I know these people have been very kind to you. Uh -huh. Why don't you pick one of these signs and potentially win a thousand bucks? This one's for Chuck. This is a universe ball as well. Hide if, your dogs from Boston, yeah, Connor. And if AJ makes it, I would like to be acquitted. Of what? Of saying that what I said was from me and not a uh, hypothetical coyote. Oh, you're talking about when you said, let me put Chuck down my throat. Yes. <laughs> That's disgusting. And I said, I will. For Chuck! Oh, come on. Oh. All right, Tone Diggs, uh, would you like to pick another? Uh, how about this one? I like this one yeah. a lot down here. Yeah, it's a good one. You can read that too, Tone, into the mic if you'd like. Pat, I apologize on behalf of all Southern whites. I appreciate that. And there's a lot of great Southern whites, but it does appear as if the Southern whites hate me more than any other group of humans. <laughs> so shout out to the Southern whites, and shout out to this man winning $1,000 on this Feel Good Friday when A.J. Hawk... Oh! Yeah! Oh, that was the one! Thank you, buddy! Make it $2,000 for that guy. All right. From all of us to all of you, thank you all so much. One last time, real quick. Uh, Who's that calling down the tracks? It's the mean machine of the red and black. Ain't nothing finer in the land.
drunk obnoxious Georgia fan. Go dogs! Go dogs! Athens. We appreciate you all so much. College game day tomorrow live from here. It's going to be absurd. We are very grateful for all of you allowing us to do this for a living. You're the greatest humans on earth. Also, massive shout out to all the vets of this beautiful country that we get to call home. The women and men who signed that line to say, I'll go if I have to. We are eternally grateful for. Buy them a coffee. Say thanks. Keep it moving. Let's enjoy the hell out of this life. We can't wait for the weekend. We'll see you on Overreaction Monday. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. It might change their life. Goodbye.